Welcome back to Roycast, the original Succession podcast. Originally a Succession podcast, I guess. We're having a crisis of identity now, but we're back. My name is Brendan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Gabby. Hey, Gabby, how you doing? I'm great. Hey, Brendan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And we're joined in studio, in Zoom studio, uh, this week by friend of the pod, close collaborator, uh, cherished producer, Dan Black. How you doing, Dan? Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be back after my season one appearance where I promoted the uh, the uh, brilliance that is HBO's Ballers, uh, and I'm back here again to remind everybody uh, of Ballers, so thanks for having me. We, we haven't invited you back because we didn't think we could top the legendary 10-minute Ballers riff from your original <laughs> appearance on the podcast. Genuinely, genuinely one of my favorite moments for the entire <laughs> podcast is the, is the Ballers riff. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad uh, to produce for so long and hear your guys' thoughts. So I feel like I, I, most of what I'm going to say is going to be regurgitating what you have said in past episodes, uh, just because that's what lives in my mind. But yeah, happy to talk and happy to be here. Well, we we're, as podcasters, we'd love to hear our own voices. We love to hear our own voices parroted back to us. So I think this is going to work out great. Yeah, we've got a specific... We got a specific concept for this episode. There's a specific reason that we're back. I mean, we've been talking about doing this for a little while. Um, it does happen that we have a little bit of a succession news hook, not the long hoped for holiday special announcement. That's still, you know, one of these <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. Um, but no, it's uh, thanks to the combined uh, SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. Award season was pushed off. And all, all of the awards, all the statuettes are falling at once. And, uh, we've, and we've got some news on that front. So I'm going to kick it off to, to Gabby to do the quick download on uh, how Succession is faring in its, its final season, our final award season, our final I chance know, to see everybody I together know. on the, uh, the, the red carpet or the, the black and gold Fox Emmys carpet. Uh, so, God, so Gabby, that, uh, tell that us. how's it was bad. Um, yeah, no, the, it's award season, which is very exciting. It's been a little much because the Emmys were pushed uh from september due to the strikes so it's been some shows literally like back to back um the emmys were two nights ago and succession cleaned up exciting wins for lead actress sarah snook finally lead actor kieran culkin supporting actor matthew mcfadden which makes mcfadden the only succession actor with two emmys well deserved um best drama series obviously what else are they gonna pick and um perhaps like the two awards that were most exciting for me were um mark mylod's direction win for connor's wedding um and jesse armstrong's uh, writing win for connor's wedding so so you know you could say that maybe perhaps that was the episode of the year even though not everybody liked the choices they made, <laughs> Dan in particular, um, but, um, it, you know, it, it was wonderful to see Mark Mylod finally up on that stage. Jesse has won writing awards all four, for all four seasons of Succession, so um, that's pretty tremendous. They uh, cleaned up at the Golden Globes as well, same three actors, also best uh, series, Critics' Choice, and then, you know, the Guild Awards are coming up, and then all those sort of, like, individual little um, critics' associations uh, seems to be just kind of a banger year for Snook and Culkin. Um, 
which is great because that means that all of the kids now have an Emmy, except for Connor. <laughs> Alan Rudd. <laughs> but he he was nominated, which is wonderful. Um, I'm sure he was, you know, just extremely thrilled to be there. They all seemed extremely thrilled to be there. Um, Brian Cox was was you know very excited for Kier, and that was sweet to see. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. No. 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 Jeremy Strong in the room, which is sad. He's uh, filming the, <laughs> a movie about Donald Trump in Canada oh, yeah. with Sebastian Stan. Uh, not sure if. That's actually the reason he wasn't present, but, um, you know, uh, I'm sure he's thrilled for for his colleagues. And, yeah, it's interesting that Culkin sort of kind of has, has been running away with it. We, we had been noting kind of since, I think, season three that he, he, you know, had some chops and was kind of stepping it up. And it's just it, it, it seemed to carry through to season four. I, I mean, no disrespect to Kieran Culkin, but I, I think maybe when we started this show season one, I think. I don't think any of us would have ever predicted that he would have won a, a lead actor Emmy for this series, right? No. Yeah, no. It's a it's a transformative role for the for the career for sure, and he 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 seems to recognize that. I mean, and that plays a part in this kind of as you're alluding to this awards momentum, where you know the first time you see him get up there and give a speech, and he's on a red carpet, everybody goes, "Oh, this is a very charming, funny guy who's very emotionally like moved and grateful for this recognition," and that just snowballs into more people want to throw statues at him. Yeah, so and also so he's that's been used to him getting recognized more he's been acting his whole life too so like he's yeah. very beloved you know like martin martin she uh, martin uh short and and steve martin you know he did father of the father of the bride with them and you know he knows so <laughs> many people it's like emma stone's big year and they used to date and they're friendly now and she's producing a movie that he's in with jesse eisenberg so you know it, it, it kind of just feels right and him and his his wife jazz have been like very cute on the red carpet um yeah it seems sort of like a phenomenon of just like you know he sort of just became the really likable one and and, then you know it was always a little thorny with jeremy strong um as as the seasons went on and his controversies and his articles and stuff i'm not really sure how uh you know these awards bodies voters feel about him um hopefully he doesn't let it get to him too much um he's a real actor so they hate him (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, his performance was, I mean, it's not like his performance dropped in quality at all, right? It just kind no, of feels like no. Culkin was sort of like most improved. Like it just, you know, these awards are obviously well, fickle is... and they're based on things other than just performance. But, you know. Well, well, that's what I mean about these kinds of like narratives of personalities. That's right. why, you know, that's one of the big reasons, you know, for me, it's always like difficult to take these things seriously is because so much of it becomes about publicity and personality. Who's more likable? Who right. gives the, the teary the more inspirational speech? And I think at worst, a lot of the time you feel like somebody's being given an award because rather cynically, people think it contributes to some narrative that is supposed to be feel good. And it all feels rather condescending. Uh, and I think in this case, it's a nice combination of everybody seems to really like the guy and i think objectively of the people who were nominated he's the correct choice i mean like yeah yes jeremy strong gave a great performance this year too but he's already been recognized and and i think colkin had some of the showier scenes and i think it's it's totally i think it's totally correct for him to be winning these awards as embarrassing i think a little a little bit as it is uh when you just totally stop 
the competition as Succession has been doing at these yeah. awards. You know, I wanted to say, you know, uh, pour one out for Better Call Saul, another great show that I know has a lot of overlap in the fan bases with Succession. A lot of folks for who sure, love Succession yeah. really love that show. And we're really hoping to see some recognition. And they set a record, I think, for the most nominations without a win ever yes. for a single series, which is which is which is pretty funny. And you know, yeah. again, in a, in a way, kind of a feather, kind of a feather in their cap to have that, uh, <laughs> to have that statistic. You know, it it says something about the kind of show they are. There and, are lots uh, of you know all-time shows that never won Emmys. You know, so it's never nominated for sure, except, yeah. except for when Succession wins. We don't care. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, they 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 didn't do so well at the Creative Arts Emmys. I think the the one that was most disappointing for the fandom was Nick Patel not getting a score award. So he's never gotten a, an, a, an, an Emmy for his score for Succession. Only the main title credits. Do we, Do you know what did win that award that he was nominated for? Uh, the White Lotus. So Cristobal. Forgot, sorry, I forgot his last name. It's good. He's good. He's very talented. Like, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, like Succession. It's like, I mean, come on. You know, everybody knows the theme. Everybody's humming it all the time. The score the for the final four season score was so was good. Though. Next level. His best work of the entire series. So. I mean, good. The White Lotus. It's true. Everybody does know that theme too. But I mean, yeah. Come on, Bertel. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So so another one that's just like you know fuck it way too good for that um okay so that's our little awards download yes so i guess the only i don't know if we wanted to introduce this at the top but we'll, we'll talk about this as we go on so our, our, our concept for this episode is that we are looking back at succession with a little bit of distance and we're going to go through and we're going to rank every episode of the series from uh, least favorite to most favorite. We have a little bit of a structure for this we're going to get into. Now, this is, again, I want to preface this by saying that, you know, ranking things is very silly. You know, uh, we like, I think, every episode of the show. We think every episode of the show is like a good episode of television. Uh, what yes. this is, is it's just <laughs> no, a structure. No skips, as they say. <laughs> yeah, what this is, is it's just a structure. It's just a rubric, a framework for the discussion to take place and for us to talk about, you know, what we most liked about the show. Like, in hindsight, what were the things that we think were the show at its best? What were the things we think were, like, unsuccessful? And how does, like, looking at the entire series in the rear view give us a different perspective on these things? And one of the things that's given us a different perspective in recent weeks is Gabby and I have both been reading the published uh, paperback editions of the full shooting scripts for the series that HBO has released. Um, Gabby reminded me that these were available because she was reading these and I hurriedly went to, to order them. And so I've only gotten through, I've only just started reading season three because I'm reading these cover to cover. And I'm reading them cover to cover, I guess, to explain what's so interesting about them because you know, you expect that you've seen the series. I mean, Gabby and I have seen the series multiple times over. We've had these episodes memorized pretty much, for God's sake. So I'm opening these up, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be able to skim this. These are like big tomes, but I'm going to be able to skim these. They'll be quick reads. But you actually find pretty quickly that that's not the case because yeah. there are there is so much additional material. Like, there these scripts range between like 75 and 80 pages which is a good 15 20 pages longer than you would expect a shooting script for an hour-long drama to be and a, a lot of the dialogue i would say like a good three quarters of the dialogue is like alternate lines it's been like rewritten on the fly you know it's been improvised over so there's a lot of really different material in these so they're not like skimmable reads and it really is a totally like fresh experience of the show that I've really been enjoying, you know, reading sort of chronologically beginning to end. And there's so much stuff in there with like 
subplots that were dropped in the final edits that aired of these episodes uh, material that we kind of felt was missing it's nice to have confirmation in some cases that like the that writers they were thinking were think- about it yeah <laughs> yeah the writers were thinking about these things they did plan these things out yeah. but because like you know they end up with so much material they have such a big ensemble they have so many storylines going they 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 forced to make these really brutal decisions about right. what to preserve in the cut so it's nice to kind of see that and now and honestly now i'm just thinking like i want to see like the extended versions of all these episodes give us the like lord I of the know, rings right? box set with the extended cuts of these episodes yeah there are some things that are like sillier that are cut that you're like oh that would have been funny and there are other things that like you know roman and tabitha for instance stayed together basically and while they're not like a traditional couple she is still in the series and they're still dating um you know same thing with uh naomi pierce there was a lot more roman and jerry stuff uh from season four that was dropped i i got these for christmas and i was um on season three of my rewatch for this episode so i picked up the book uh i I picked it up at season three these books and uh read them simultaneously as i rewatched and i mean it's fascinating you do have to skip around because um they do overwrite jesse says that he you know encourages all of his writers to overwrite uh just so they have more information which (laughs) is good but also you know led to, to some some of the pitfalls yeah, some, some questions about that as a strategy, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting strategy, yeah. Especially for television. Why for television? Because you're... Because well, you're locked into the certain, yeah. like, time. time like, with HBO, you have, like, leeway of 10 minutes or something, right? But... Yeah. Um, you're still you're stuck in, the, in a structure. That was always my question with HBO. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know that, like, they can't necessarily do this for every show. But, you know, Game of Thrones, obviously, like, in their final seasons, you know, like, every episode was, like, 75 minutes or something. And, I mean, way more people are watching Game of Thrones, for sure. But Succession is also, like, you know, if even if it's not as highly rated, it's still a flagship show. And, like, would anybody have minded if Jesse Armstrong was like, hey, I need an extra five to ten minutes on all these episodes? Uh, so I, I, wonder, I wonder how much of that was authentically like a boundary that they couldn't break from the Mm. network and how much of it was just like the internal, what I always assumed was just like the internal showrunner discipline that Jesse Armstrong has where he was like, no, the episode's this long. We're not breaking it. We're not doing this move. We're not doing TV movie stuff. The episode has to be this long. Well, I certainly hope it wouldn't have been HBO naysaying longer episodes. It it strikes me more as, as Jesse is, he's sort of excessively self-conscious about this stuff, right? Like in some of the footnotes, you'll see like, He's like, this was so hard to drop. Like, we, we agonized over it, and, and we wanted to, 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 to provide more exposition. Um, it, it's very cute reading these uh, because, um, yeah, they are, uh, you know, it, they've been very clarifying, very helpful for the processing and, and helping me sort of rank these episodes because I don't find ranking art to be a natural process at all. Art I like at least. Um, It just does not feel adequate. I'm like too indecisive about it. There's there's too many X factors. Um, But you know we've spent hundreds of hours actually analyzing the show so I you know I think we could we could give it a go now and and what I've sort of taken away from reading the script books is that a lot of the episodes um, <clears throat> that I like more or less um, are basically just we're contingent on sort of how uh, what they favored in terms of of plot lines, you know. So there are some episodes where I'm like, ah, like I just I didn't like this storyline as much, and they had written more about a storyline that I liked, 
And so, you know, I rank this one a little bit lower, but it's all just like incredibly fluid. And I feel like even throughout the course of this conversation, I'm probably going to like look at my list and be like, oh, but this one, this this one had that. Uh, It's just it's very, very hard when every episode is good and there are only 39. But um, if you can get your hands on these books, they are terrific. Like there are so many cut scenes. Um, I don't what what do you call not not the staging directions, but what do you call the like italicized sort of like uh, like the emotional beats when somebody has a line and then it's like, you know. Kendall thought about that and he's not so sure he meant it. What, do you, what would you call that? Well, they're directions, basically. I directions, mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just, there's, there's like, I'm exposing my lack of like screenwriter. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I've different never sort of like it. parentheticals and things like that. that yeah. are like, you know, like they'll have, they'll have like parentheticals where it's say, you know, Kendall's saying this, but in parentheses, he really means this. Um, right. Which is, which, is, which is a fun way to like, you know, write that sort of like emotional direction. Yeah. And, and Jesse does, reading. he does explain um, the discrepancies and, and things that are absent. He, I mean, he really is very painstaking about all of this. So he, he, he outlines this in, in the beginning beginning of of script books where first thing is the edit obviously so what we talked about he prefers the overwriting and things are just gonna get cut because uh they write too much and two is the alts which basically are just uh like a bunch of other kind of jokes that they wrote you know succession is just like you know a machine for these you know silly little jokes and uh fun little note that kieran culkin memorized those like apparently uh front front to back and was able to kind of just throw them out um at 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 will again child actors <laughs> very very good at memorizing um late change self-explanatory fog of war which i really liked and if i was ever an actor i think i would fall prey to fog of war which is just kind of about like syntax and paraphrasing so you notice that a lot like in the script um that somebody will like one of the actors will just will change the sentence structure a little bit. It's not really changing the content, um, but you know Jesse is meticulous, so he does point it out that sometimes um, some things just just flow better for particular actors. And and it was interesting for me to see who kind of sticks more to the script exactly. Like for instance, Brian Cox uh, generally tends to stick more to the script. Like veteran stage actor, this is what he's been doing his whole life. That makes sense to me. Um, whereas, you know, some of the other characters, um, the, the other actors were, were, were more inclined to sort of, uh, put their own spin on it. And there's, of course, the improv, um, and then ADR and the remembrance of things past, which is great because, um, you know, we always talk about how this is a show that, that builds on itself and builds on its own history and, and incorporates from past seasons. And so this is, uh. This would be like an opportunity for for an actor or for a writer or for anybody who was structuring the episode to pull something from an earlier episode or from an earlier season that might make sense um, in context, which I think is um, really, really interesting. And, and um, you know, it, it's it's a reflection of everything we've talked about in terms of how the show um, continually just builds on its own scaffolding and foundation. So should we get into the tiers that we theorize yes. for this? <laughs> Since it's very, very hard for us to conclusively say, like, this is number 17, number 18, we did decide to sort of start with a tier, uh, a, a tier concept. So, Brett, do you want to break it down? 
yeah so i had a hard time coming up with like punchy names for these um but they're just like a way to sort of like loosely group because for me it's like yeah you, you do get into a point where it's like so little i think separates you know the quality of some of these from another but in terms of like trying to talk about these in a way that i don't know maybe helps us guide the discussion the bottom tier is what i broadly would call like unsuccessful episodes which probably doesn't even feel right because even these even these episodes and i have like in my mind there's a pretty solid grouping for me on the lower end of my rankings where i that i would slot into this category i don't even know if it's like entirely unsuccessful or it's just like kind of off-brand a little bit sometimes i think some some of the episodes towards the bottom for me are just a lot of this exercise comes down to the idea i have in my head which hopefully we've elucidated on this podcast of what it is that succession does well when it's at its best and what we think the sort of creative genius of the show is and some of these ones towards the lower end for me are episodes that kind of steer away from that that don't that are, that are lacking some of that ingredient that don't quite feel like the show itself and so we'll, we'll talk about that because i think i think this is actually the grouping that is kind of most fixed in my mind is like well i, I like i feel like i feel pretty solid about the five or six that are at the bottom and then once you start going further up everything gets a lot more fluid very quickly um the the third tier is i don't know I, I alternately think of these as like either conceptually flawed in some way like they have you know a a big hook a lot of i think the great succession episodes have like a like a uh, a high concept a premise that the whole thing is built around it's usually like a container like a a set a sequence that everybody is like trapped in together in a lot of these episodes and so for me in this third category, I think of episodes where something about the concept, I think, is, is flawed in some way. Like maybe this was a big idea that they got married to that wasn't worth sticking with. Or maybe in some way, it's just like the ideas didn't quite come together, um, even though the episode may have a ton of really good things in it. Um, the second second place tier is what I'm cheekily calling uh, the far side of paradise to borrow a phrase from Andrew Sarris's American cinema this is these are basically like this is where we get into like look these are all great episodes okay but we have our favorites and these these ones just like don't quite fall into like the top 10 to 12 favorites category which we're calling the pantheon that's the the very upper tier of like these are like the classic hours of what we think of as like kind of defining the show where it kind of punches through um, uh, and into sort of like a, a higher tier of what we think of as the genius of this show. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, is hopefully that relatively clear? clear? And, and we can we can dive right in again. We like all of these episodes. <laughs> Don't get mad at us. Um, we are, you know, we are just, uh, you know, it, it's also helpful. I think. Um, processing the finale which i which was hard it was hard to it was hard to do all of that in time yeah it's just like when you're in in the season it's all happening so fast and and we have so little time to prepare but there was stuff in the finale that i i I wanted to say that i had that i hadn't even processed yet you know and 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 so it's it's a little bit of a a good opportunity for us to 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 big picture yeah you know we've we've told you guys like we get exhausted doing the seasons like we're not gonna have to do that again but it you know thing, things get lost in in the shuffle and now um with the gift of of some some distance and some time um i i think everything conceptually sort of you know 
becomes a little bit easier to parse. Yeah, we might pause on the finale for a bit. We, we're going to be crunched for time, so I yeah. know we won't have too long, but we might pause when we get to the finale in our rankings just because I do think that I spent a long time kind of wrestling with the finale because I was so kind of stumped and unsatisfied by it for a while. And I think in the last, like, few weeks or so, thinking about it, rereading, rewatching, some of the emotional logic that was a bit obscure yes. to me mm-hmm. became clarified. And I think I think it makes more sense to me now. And perhaps when I walk through this, everybody listening will be like, well, fucking duh, you <laughs> idiot. That was obvious. But it's, I, I, but it didn't quite scan to me at the time. I don't know. Uh, Dan, do you have any feedback on the, the, the tears? Is there anything you would uh suggest as like maybe a way to no i think this looks great Uh, are we gonna start at the bottom and work our way up or yeah i I think that's so and and i've yeah so we're we're looking at this spreadsheet and i think um i think the way to do this is we'll slot these in as we go and um so we can basically look at the list of all the episodes together and say okay what's what's at the bottom what goes next into the rankings and so we'll work from the from the bottom up basically uh, so starting at the absolute bottom of our rankings, I think we have we have talked about this before. I think I think Gabby, you and I have both said we won't spoil it again on here for the sake of preserving whatever suspense there is to this discussion. But I think you and I have both said on the podcast that we roughly agree on what the very top and what the very bottom yes. of the rankings are. Because for me, for me, the very bottom Number of the 39. rankings. Um, I, I, <laughs> I know it's so weird that it's thirty nine, not forty. <laughs> Um, so at the, at, at the very bottom of the ranking, a, a lot of people would put the pilot of the show. Um, but my suggestion has always been that it is season one, episode five, I went to market the Thanksgiving episode, which is so painful for me because it's like, it's the only proper holiday episode in the entire series. And it's like, you really want this to be like a classic episode, but it's like, they never did a holiday episode after this, after this fifth hour of the entire series. So this episode has basically, you know, looking back at the entire series, every season, I think has like some kind of like defining bug that um, informs kind of how I, I look at, sort of the quality gradient between the episodes and for season one it's clearly just that you know this is the first season of the show and they're kind of getting their legs under themselves and there's a lot of stuff to establish I, I recall very vividly hearing an interview I think it was with Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald on the watch podcast after the first season because they were one of the only podcasts that were covering the show at the time where they did a podcast with Armstrong where they floated the idea that the show like took a few episodes to kind of figure itself out and I recall Jesse like really bristling at that notion um and he pushed back, you know, politely but quite firmly and saying, like, no, I feel like we had this pretty strong from the jump. But the, but the thing that is, I think, undeniably true is that he writes the pilot for HBO. They shoot the pilot. This, the, the show gets picked up to series. And at that point, he brings in a writer's room where they map out the rest of the season. And yes, I do agree that, like, a lot of the architecture is pretty clearly there in the early episodes. But they're also kind of going back and kind of, like, hedging and ironing out things that were in the pilot that they're kind of massaging. You know, there's characters in the pilot that just disappear. Um Alessandro Daniels, the character played by Parker Sawyer's, you know, uh, Roman's Mm -hmm. wife, Grace, rewritten to become his girlfriend, who is being retconned in this episode, which is part of what feels kind of quite clumsy about it, is it has to, like, take care of this business. Um, And then the other piece for me that makes this episode feel really rough is just the Ewan character, which I don't really get clarity on this, because this is one of the things that, like, the Ewan dialogue is actually 
pretty much unchanged in the shooting script for this yeah. that's in the published book. Um, but I know Cromwell said that he, you know, I think altered the direction of the character by asking Jesse to incorporate more of his own sort of like more left-leaning politics into what was originally conceived to be more of yeah. a more miserly, you know, perhaps conservative figure. And a lot of the dialogue, the, the big dialogue scene between Logan and Ewan in this episode has always just been very confusing to me because it's trying to establish a lot and Ewan's character is quite contradictory. And so I feel like he should make a much bigger impact, but he just like kind yeah, of it's... doesn't. And I feel like the show takes a little while to reestablish it, it in season two. It was a little weird on you and because they, they had that discussion about him being like in the military and he seems to be very proud of having been in the military and sort of insults Logan for not. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the characterization there was a little weird. I, I'm not as hard on I went to market because um, I I love the suspense of, of uh, you know, Kendall starting to, to formulate the vote of no confidence. The Tom and Greg scenes uh, where, where they are uh, shredding the documents and Greg is calling Tom and um, the back and forth for me is just it's so fucking funny that um, I just I can't rank it as my last episode. Brendan, I also know you have a very, very hard time with the green screen on the, the balcony in that episode, so maybe... <laughs> Some, so it's not like I have a super hard time, <laughs> but it is like it is quite it is it's but it quite is quite glaring. glaring in a way that I don't I don't really recall that being an issue in any other episode of the show where I felt like, you know, they're just clearly doing soundstage work and it's just very obvious. I don't know why that's so clumsy to me. Again, it's like Grace is present in that scene. That's that's it's just it's just an instance where the show feels kind of like half stitched together and if we're talking about episodes where the show doesn't quite feel itself i would definitely have to say this this belongs yeah and another thing for me that that boosts this one up a little higher than than 39 um is the stuff with iverson because maybe it's not fair but uh, upon analyzing and thinking about the series finale and how much it had to do with shiv kendall and roman's ability to have their own kids and you know what those kids would be like and would they be equipped to take over the business right the whole series is about the three of them but eventually they're going to get old and you know what happens next in the family business right so um i I, a lot of these episodes um i sort of reevaluated with that in mind uh that becoming such a strong through line the grandkids um and so the fact that this is the first time we see logan um sort of show disrespect to kendall's children I think is um, is important because that becomes such a significant through line um, until the very end. So I don't have I have I went to market at thirty three. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what have, do you um, have at the bottom? Secession, which is season three, episode one. Um, yeah, that's probably my my bottom okay. as well. For me, it was just yeah we we talked about it you know on our recording the post COVID awkwardness it just. You know, and Mark Mylod, you know, confirmed as much that it was weird. It just, you know, watching it just, it doesn't really work for me. Um, again, it's it's a good episode, but it, it feels clumsy. Uh, it feels like <laughs> there, there was just a <laughs> once in a century pandemic and everyone's a little bit uh, nervous. A lot of just, yeah, shots of overhead shots of cars. I'm like, where are we? Uh, yeah. And, and the stuff with Logan kind of just like stuck in Europe. Um wasn't particularly compelling to me um but yeah and if we think about again this this framework of like where does the show not feel 
itself. I know one of the big criticisms of that show and one thing that does kind of like ring true to me in how sort of divorced that episode feels from the emotional stakes of the preceding season and of the series to that point is that if you think of this as just a show where it's just like a game of musical chairs, people arguing about numbers, people arguing about who's going to take over this company that nobody should really care about who runs it. Ultimately, a lot of that episode does revolve around that kind of CEO jockeying. It is like, it is, I think very much in that wheelhouse of the unsatisfying version of that show. So you guys, you guys both are agreed on that as the bottom. I definitely have this in the bottom tier for me. I'm fine with us putting that there. If we want to put that, well, we, there don't, we don't have to, we don't have to have the same, <laughs> do we have to have the same list? Or does it have to be the Roy? It's the master list. The master Absolutely. List. Oh, yeah. This is it. This is it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's the point sorry, of this exercise. <laughs> And we're going to post this online so everybody can scream at us about it. <laughs> Last thing I'll say about that is just coming off of the season two Exactly, finale, that too, yeah. Which is like <laughs> such a high point for the show. Yeah. And yeah, COVID happens. And coming back into this, it was like, oh, it was a very much an oh no moment. Obviously with a little bit of distance, it's not as yeah. oh no. So it, I, I'm sure it's not as bad as I feel about it. But, there is definitely um, something to be said for how COVID changed the course of this show, without a doubt. Like, absolutely. I watched season two, and they have all these like these showy trips, um, and and uh, you know they they got the bigger budget and they kind of went crazy, and then you know this insane thing happened in the world, and and I I do wonder. Like if the show would have looked different. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, if we talk about again, what are the what are the sort of like defining features of each season in terms of like what is the kind of flaw that the season is fighting against? For season three, it's the COVID wobble, for sure. There's there's just a little there's just a wobble with them figuring out how to work the way without that as much travel, past, yeah. How to do the kind of like big sequences, big location shooting without being able to do crowds. You know, that's a that's a big part of where an episode where like retired janitors comes from, where mm -hmm. they're basically in the same like conference hall the entire time. Like so the, that's yeah, a big yeah, part yeah. of where that the... comes from. Although that episode's I, I think I think it's a bit it higher is. up for us. Um so next one um, for you, Brendan. What do you have as thirty eight? Well, so I had, so I don't know where we're slotting. I went to market. I guess we're, we're, we're tabling this one. Do you still have, I went to yes. market in the bottom tier? Okay. So, all right. So, so we're still roughly agree that still it's in the it tier, yeah. in this tier. So right up. So right above that for me would be the pilot, um, the pilot of the show. We've uh, aired, a, a lot of people have come on this podcast specifically to trash <laughs> Adam McKay's direction in the pilot. You know, Fair I think enough. over time we all got very attached to the way that, you know, Mark Mylod came on board and provided this steady hand where he integrated the improvisational techniques of Adam McKay with a shooting style that, you know, was replicable for other directors to a degree and that the entire cast and writers and crew uh, seem to be able to work with and created something really unique out of. And so I think to that end, you do have to acknowledge that McKay's direction, even if it's a shaky foundation, it's the foundation on which the series is built. It's also not unusual, I think, for the pilot episode of a series to be a bit weaker because pilots, you know, they serve a different function. People who are very used to perhaps watching series in the streaming age may forget this because it became more common for streaming series to order to order episodes like to order seasons of TV directly uh, to air, whereas you know the tradition had always been in the industrial practice was that you would shoot a pilot that was basically a sales pitch for the series, and the uh, pilot of Succession is one of those. It has to basically 
make the argument for the show and stand on its own in addition to being the first chapter of what is anticipated to be like a novelistic or a much longer serial arc um so 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 it's just a difference it's just a different storytelling style it was also filmed um, a and, year before like the rest of the show started you know so so yeah. something about it just feels a little bit uh removed i don't know yeah but i i like it i still think it's kind of legendary in retrospect because it's a little bit weird and sluggish and like you don't really know what's going on it's not a traditional pilot in terms of exposition and it's funny when i was going through the script book um, they cut out a lot that would have made it a more normal pilot in terms of explaining like what Waystar is, Logan's history. There's a lot more of like background exposition, things that they're explaining about um, the family. But I kind of respect the decision to cut that out and make it just sort of like kind of this weird enigmatic episode where you're like, what is this show about? You know, because I remember I watched the pilot and I was like, I, I don't really know about this, you know. Uh, it just it, it felt tonally just like a little bit strange but uh in retrospect i think that's kind of cool so i don't have the i don't have the pilot as low it's still in my bottom tier but it's a, it's a couple higher but i'm fine having it as 38 nope no i don't really have any issue with that fair enough okay so right after that for me is sorry um Okay, so this is where we get into, I guess we I guess we go back to the COVID wobble a little bit, and this is this is one that I moved into this lower tier today. I had this in an upper tier, um, but this is where right now I have slotted. Um, well, wait, we've gone two, so we've gone. We should establish what we've actually read. At tier four, we have one hundred one celebration, one hundred five. I went to market, and three hundred one secession. Okay, so we've done that's three. in reverse. That's in re- that's in yes. reverse order. So so secession's at the bottom. Um, I went to market, and so well, I, I think we're still figuring out where we want to put. I went to market, so I'm gonna move that higher up, and put celebration down at thirty eight. Um, yeah, we could put I went so I went we could put I went to market at thirty seven. I don't I don't have too much of a, a objection to that. Okay, that's that's kind. That's <laughs> in the interest of keeping. The, but but right above that, what I moved into this today is I moved into this spot, uh, the disruption, season three episode. Interesting. It's yeah, an interesting one to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Again, talking about episodes that don't feel like succession. Um, this is this doesn't quite feel as it's interesting because the episode doesn't necessarily feel closed off in the same way that episodes one and two of the season do. Like. Episodes one and two, uh, Secession and Mass and Time of Four. Mass and Time of Four mostly takes place like at these night shoots, like these very emptied out night exteriors in Rob's apartment, obviously in the hotel room with Logan. It's like, yes, we're doing COVID shooting, we're doing interiors. The Disruption, by contrast, is an episode that's really has a lot of locations and there is a lot of movement. Um, there's a lot of cross cutting and a lot of subplots going on. A lot of people. A lot of people. So you might so you might say in a sense that this is the show getting back to normal a little bit, but it's also really not because this is one of the episodes where if we talk about what the defining characteristics of succession are when it's at its best, again, you think of those like big unifying sequences and set pieces and locations that draw characters together in a place where they're going to be forced to confront each other and confront drama. And the disruption really lacks that. It doesn't have a big unifying set piece. You can maybe argue that that's Ken uh, sort of gate crashing Waystar, but again, the characters are not really all in the same 
location there. Even the bit where Shiv is doing her presentation, which is a big splashy scene where Ken interrupts her with the Nirvana right, prank. Right. Um, it's a pretty short scene. It doesn't really involve any of the characters directly confronting each other. So, and you also have a director here, Kathy Yan, who is, was a guest director for the first time. This is the only episode she directed of the series. Um, it's it's got a really unique visual look where Yan is going for shots that are a bit more composed. Uh, people will remember the sort of very elegantly sort of like reflection shot of Shiv after, entering yeah. her office to see all like the empty speaker boxes after Ken's uh, stunt. Um, a lot of people highlighted that shot, like the thing she does with the lighting. With Ken I think she was Emmy nominated for that. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm like 99 yeah, percent sure. Yeah, she may well have been. Yeah, and so I don't want to say that like the episode is like poorly directed or anything like that, or that this is like the wrong way to direct. It's a or very like different episode. Like it's the it's but the kind it's, of episode it's a different that, vibe. Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't feel like any other Succession episode. It feels very buzzy. Like maybe it's like the Z way thing and like having lots of you know dasha in the episode and the bad tweet bad tweet uh it was it was like the high school this is I think the we most described it twitter as the, episode the high school it's, sure. it's like the high school episode but it's yeah it's also the twitter episode it's the episode that like yeah, people yeah. on twitter who complain that succession is too much of an online show like that would be the episode where you'd be like actually you're kind of right <laughs> Yeah, so there, there's lines in here. There's things that I really like. There's some really, I, I, really it, good stuff here. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. There's some funny stuff. Like, I love yeah, I love the, Roman with the interview when they're trying to get him to talk like sentimentally about dad. It's so funny. And he's just like, nope. <laughs> yes. And I mean, and the whole device of the open letter that drives a wedge between Kendall and Shiv is a great device. Yeah, I would just be really interested to hear more about the conception how they conceived of this episode. Yeah. Just because it's it's so different. It's so conception. different. Yeah. I don't know if I put it episode. put it as low. I, I still have uh, a few lower well this was brendan we had this in conceptually flawed not unsuccessful you really you really the disruption really <laughs> took a dip for you in the last uh few hours yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if i i don't know if i'd put it that low uh we might have to to table okay okay well why don't you go next what do you what do you have what's the lowest one that we haven't talked about yet for you? i have return um that's actually yeah. the episode dan that you <laughs> you were on with us um so that's yes, season two yeah. episode seven in england it's just not a particularly memorable episode like logan bringing kendall to andrew dodd's family's house is a very obviously like touching moment and i mean touching is perhaps the wrong word um but it's it's a it, it's it's compelling and it's but it really is like basically the only thing that I kind of remember about the episode and I, I think it's a little um Rhea heavy and for us in season three Rhea is sort of was sort of a thorn in our side um no disrespect to Holly Hunter obviously I just don't think the Rhea stuff worked so well and that's why I have both Dundee and Return back to back um as um, just not being particularly memorable because of stuff in it that just didn't really, um, you know, kind of permeate the through lines. And, and it, I also thought it was a little bit weird to do back to back like England, Scotland, when the two the two like episodes had absolutely nothing to do with each other. It was just it, it just was like a little bit bizarre um, uh, for me. Those two episodes, um, again, the the. Yep all the focus on Rhea, which just kind of ended up amounting to not much. Um, so I have those two down here. And, and I, I would, yep. yeah. 
Yeah, part of me, I think Dundee is a little bit of a different conversation because I've also been reevaluating that one a bit. I mean, we definitely agree that Return, I said this at the time, I was pretty down on this episode when we recorded about it initially, and my, my feelings are still pretty much the same. I don't know if we want to talk about this sort of Raya problem here because reading season two in the book, um, it did give me, I think, some insights into that because I thought yeah, that the, season two the entire... is it's the one it's the one book I haven't read yet, so I'm, I'm missing this. Yeah, because I, I thought that the Ray material actually played way better for me when I was reading it, mm. and I was trying to think why that was because I was like, there's not actually there's not necessarily a ton that's missing here. Like, there's a little bit of like direction where it's sort of indicating that you know, like there's a line in the script for Safe Room where um, Jesse says that like life seems lighter when she's there like mm. you know she just like bring she brings just like an energy that like is is a little bit missing from the roy's interactions yeah I think. like she's just she's more jokey she's i more like tricky. her in, i liked her in safe room i just think that they just didn't know what to do with her and she it just it was too much it was too long i think that there's i i, I think part of what i have conceived of as the raya problem is also illuminated by seeing what was cut from the martian material in season two. Oh, interesting there's not a ton that was necessarily cut but i think the stuff that was cut um clearly i think lines out like why logan kind of sours on marcia there's some material about her kind of maneuvering and trying mm. to manipulate logan to get a better position for her it's son in, it's actually interesting yeah. because marcia is written in the scripts as more cunning even in the in the pilot she she's the like they have a scene of her talking to logan about the change of trust and and uh you know being a little bit pushy about it which is interesting because um you know i'm, I'm not sure that that would have worked so well as like being blatant sort of evil stepmom as opposed to like mystery mystery lady i don't see it as her being evil i see it as her i see her as somebody who's just a lot more kind of survival focused like sure, she, yeah. she cares as, about her kids she's, yeah she, she's not born into goodies as she says right mm -hmm. and she's always thinking about like you know things are really good for me now but how can i lock this down how can i cement my position kind of for the future we see her doing that and i think like that storyline and then like the storyline of like Shiv getting closer to Logan and then Logan becoming kind of like ambivalent and disillusioned about her throughout the course of the season. All that I think may makes the Raya material play a lot differently. It makes the sort of like parent trap, like new mm, stepmom dynamic between her and yeah. Shiv play a lot differently. And honestly, the conclusion I came to, I don't know if it's a conclusion, but like the thought I had that it, it seems like the most likely reason for like the main flaw with this is I think the problem was really just the casting. Like, I love Holly Hunter, but I just, I'm not, I think this part yeah. would have played differently with a different actress. Yeah, totally. Like, 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 she really just underplays the material in a way that I just don't quite think makes the impact that it should. Who's the she actress really see... that you, sorry, for, you, you love from living, Annabeth Gish? Uh, Annabeth Gish, yeah, exactly. Somebody like thought, that, like, yeah. <laughs> would this work if you had like somebody like an Annabeth Gish who is a little bit, you know, a little bit louder, a little bit, you know, a little bit seems taller, to fit in the world a little bit more. Brian yeah. Cox, yeah, you know, uh, somebody who, yeah, she, she's somebody who pops a little bit more. I mean, like Holly Hunter certainly has had that presence in the past, but like she made the decision to really underplay this part that I just, yeah, I don't think it quite worked. Yes, that really, that really, that really impacts how I feel about a lot of the season two episodes that focus on her really heavily because I just, I don't think the material just really sings the way that it should. She ends up feeling like a TV device mm -hmm. to me. And not, that's not reading any of the scripts or anything. I, just rewatching some of these episodes, she feels so much just like as a stopgap device for like, oh, bat, you know, like HBO so shows always have like, oh, the seasonal arc. And it's like, okay, she's the seasonal arc character. Like, uh, I know she's going to be gone by the end of the season. Yeah. Right? And the kinda way. Like when, uh, kind of like when Glenn Close was on The Shield. <laughs> yes, of course. And yeah, the way that they sent Rhea off was a little bit anticlimactic too. Like she just kind of like gets uh, a little too 
queasy after the the dc hearings or whatever and then you know she's just sort of gone she's fun she's fungible um it, yeah it just it doesn't totally work but that's interesting that on the page it works a little bit better because dundee and uh return like the central tensions there basically are between uh, Rhea and shiv right so so I, i'm fascinated by this uh notion that there was this sort of uh new stepmom kind of because uh, because I felt like they were going for that a little bit, right? Like at the end of Return, it's it's Shiv realizing that she's she got fucked by Rhea. Dundee, she you know returns the oh, favor. Oh for sure. But it it never really it, it just doesn't amount to anything, you know. In Dundee, they're like the siblings are all like explicitly doing like parent trap pranks. And right, stuff right, 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 right. Oh right, the to, like, the, the Rose thing. Logan yeah, yeah, Kendall. On Rhea, which is yeah. all kind of silly, and I don't love that stuff in the mm-hmm. episode because it feels feels very superficial. Um, and I don't know if we want to talk about Dundee here. Um, I, I feel like I feel like putting it this low would be underrating it a bit, just because I know a lot of people listening will be like, "What? That's the L to the OG episode." Uh, L to the OG. So you're right. You're right. I know. I mean, yes, Fuck. one of the most iconic scenes. <laughs> one of the most iconic scenes of the entire show. Um, and it does. It does hold up. It does scenes. hold up. I don't know. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say I, it's the best, but it holds up. I was worried that I was going to watch it and be like, "This is like this was like, you know." No, it's, it's it's good. It's good. It's good. And also, good. while while we're while we want to show a little bit of appreciation to Adam McKay, uh, one of the footnotes in the book clarifies that uh, Adam McKay and and uh, Will Tracy wrote the lyrics still to the OG together. Oh, that's cute. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. so so okay, so so let's say we got return in the what thirty six spot. Yeah, I don't have these numbered here, but yes. Uh, so we've got Secession, Celebration, I Went to Market, Return, in reverse in reverse order right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, I'm I'm willing to you know I had the disruption in a higher, but I'm 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 willing to put it at 35. Well, let, let me put it. Let me let me ask you this because I think we also both have this episode really low. Would you put it above oh, we, or below Lion in the Meadow? Yeah, I was just gonna say we also have to talk about Lion in the Meadow. Ugh. The thing about Lion in the Meadow is just that so much is like just. Uh, sitcommy but not in like the good succession sitcommy way like the stuff in the office is like it's a little silly the tattoo thing that just like was this is the episode i think of this this is how i put the problem this episode this is the episode that has the biggest gulf in quality between the primary plot and the secondary plots it's like because like there's the primary plot i think is actually very good there's maybe some critiques I could make about the Adrian Brody character. We don't really need to get into that. I, I didn't love this character, but it's fine. Like I it's think, fine, yeah. I think all, I think, I think as sort of a device for getting them on that island to for making that confrontation between Logan and Kendall happen, it's worth it. Exactly, that is amazing. I mean, it's um, really everything else that happens in the episode is just like so minor and feels just irrelevant and trivial. And it's like this episode just like it, it was just underbaked. It just needed needed a few more. Need a little more. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. a top Kendall and Logan scene top five top three like it's it's phenomenal i rewatch it and it's shot so well too uh you know when they're on that little path um and yeah i mean it's just tough it's really tough the the connor stuff here where he's you know connor in this season started to like threaten this like uh reveal about uh, you know, the history of Waystar and then the racism and the sexism, you know, right? What was the line? No Jews, no blacks, no women above the fourth floor or whatever. That stuff comes up in this episode and it comes up in, in, in several episodes in that season. And I was always kind of like hopeful that maybe that we would you know find something interesting out, but that stuff gets lost. And so maybe it's not fair of me, but I, I, uh, I sort of, it sort of diminished my opinion of some episodes that, that brought that up. Again, it's, it's, it's an interesting thread that they left open 
um, to have maybe turned into something, you know, bombshelly. And it's it's still interesting historical information, but they built it up a little bit too much for it to not really amount to anything. So let's see, Lion in the Meadow disruption. Oh my God, um, I would put I would put Lion in the Meadow ahead just just for that that Kendall and Logan scene. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I think I agree with that. Yeah, like it's just so good, and it's it's really the well, it's the second to last time that they interact. I mean, it's really, the, it's like their last fight. I don't know if you'd call the Chianti share conversation a fight, but it's their last real fight. Yeah, it's true. They don't share a lot of one-on-one time yeah. uh, pretty much after after season two where they're together so much. Right. Um, in season three, they really only have those two big scenes together. And then there's Logan with all the siblings in rehearsal and then poof, he's gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we gotta gotta cherish those those scenes. Okay, so so I just yeah, so that's kind of remarkable. So we have six episodes here so far, and three of them are from the first half of season three. So if we want to say that like this is like the roughest patch of the show, I think that's pretty pretty clear. Well, for me point. for me the roughest patch of the show is kind of the back half of season two. Even though I know season two is everybody's favorite, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, so like I have for instance like I have our Jesse's kind of low. Um, it's, Ooh, it's interesting. Which I don't, is I don't, interesting. I, think, yeah. I, I know people like it. I know there's some really beautiful set pieces and um, the story breaking and, and Hugo being introduced and, and it's, um, you know, there's a lot of funny dialogue. It just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't hit for me the same on rewatch as it did when I first watched it. Again, a little, yeah, too, again. A little too much Raya, a little too much like, okay, you know. What, what what is like the the emotional centerpiece here and then the kids yeah, the, think, kids, I, the I, kids I think, interview is it's a little it's okay it could have been better you know yeah i think that's yeah i think that's a good way to think about it. it's an episode where i think a lot of really good stuff happens and there are a lot of really great moments of direction i think it's matt shackman mm-hmm. um, who directed our justies um i've often talked about the scene of Shiv in the sort of cafe restroom on the conference call at the beginning. Yes. It's one of my favorite bits. It's just like <laughs> blocking in the series. It's just like a great way to like make a character physically uncomfortable. It's a kind of great thing that the show would do um, with blocking. Similarly with the sort of ticking time bomb suspense piece of the story breaking. Yeah. I do actually like all the Hugo stuff. Yeah, our Justice has a ton of stuff I really like in it, but I do see your point at the same time where we're kind of circling like the really great succession episodes for us have like a big emotional centerpiece mm-hmm. that this episode lacks a little bit, but it's kind of replaced, I think, just by like the urgency of the plotting. You know, it's it, it is it is one of the episodes that feels like the most like sort of breathlessly sure, yeah. paced it, to me where things are it's happening. Important. It's important. It's very important. Hopefully. Yeah. So uh, for that reason, it's like I might put it in that third tier, but it would be towards the top of it, I think. Okay. Well, uh, um, what else do we have floating around here at the bottom? We could talk about monsters. Oh yeah, okay. So we want to talk about monsters. Where? So how do? We, so so Monst- do we think that like? Do we? So do we want to? Do we want to say that we're still putting stuff in this unsuccessful tier, or do we think that we're up in tier three now? Because I can't really decide if I think monsters belongs <laughs> at the bottom tier. Because let's say we're uh, let's let's say we're 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 in the the third tier now. We're in the okay. What, what, yeah. far, we're, the conceptually flawed. Minor work. <laughs> minor work. Conceptually flawed. Slash minor issue. Minor work. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> Thank you for embracing the tears. Somebody had to. Well, yes. yeah. Succession's yes. uh, episode ones are always, ten- <laughs> for me, like they, they tend to be the weakest. Um, They're not the strongest episode of any season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, Monsters was great with for the Colin stuff. Like that was so gratifying. And, and uh, it, it 
obviously paid off very much through for the rest of the season. So it's hard to, um, you know, to say that that was wasted time or anything. It's weak on the kids a little bit. Like, I think it's it's funny. It's funny to see them in L.A. doing their, you know, the hundred like <laughs> like that stuff was great. It was very, very well written. But for instance, like when I was reading the script, um, they cut like a really good C-suite scene from that episode. And then we have a lot of time that we're like at Nan Pierce's house where I'm like, okay, you know, did this need to be, did we need to go back here like again and again? So yeah, those yeah. Were, that was my major problem with, with the monsters. But, um, you know, and then there's, yeah, the- it ends with that beautiful Tom and Shiv scene. I know that uh, <laughs> Marie was very frustrated by their conversation, but it's never, you know, it's nevertheless, uh, it's a, you know, it's a pretty powerful scene. Marie with the controversial takes. Yeah, this and uh, this and 402 rehearsal are very tough for me to kind of order because... Oh, I have rehearsal what, higher. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I do too. But it's, but, it's, yeah, but it's very tough for me to think about these in terms of the ranking exercise because when you think about it, get, so what's the, what's the big flaw that each season has? For season four, it's the time crunch. Yeah. Um, it's that so much is packed into this season and... A, ancillary to that is the gambit with killing off logan in episode three which i mean i i love that as just like a structural narrative device but the way that the writers set this up by saying basically we're not going to signpost this at all and we're going to proceed as if the the season is about something else and we're going to proceed as if this is just real life happening to the characters and this death comes and interrupts it so basically the first two episodes of the season are in real ways kind of misdirection and that's the part that i think leads to the business of the monsters in particular being a bit minor a bit labored a bit sort of like intentionally self-parodic in what in the sense that it just resolves around characters literally saying the biggest number to each other which is like i think which i think is an intentional kind of like lampshading parody of the show and i think that the show makes it sort of it thematizes that in a way that you know, you feel Logan's frustration with the way that his life has turned out, that he's engaged in these kind of meaningless battles over numbers, and he misses, like, the passion of, like, the real battles he would have with his kids for That's power, true, as fucked up as that is. The, uh, the who's got a joke scene is actually quite good. Yeah, the, the roast of Logan <laughs> the Roy. Roast. It's like, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but on the other hand, it's like season four, yes, I think, like, these structural problems, I think, do weigh it down. But on the other hand, at, by this point in the series, the show is just, like, it is sort of this self-generating yes. organism. Like it's insane the way that the, the writers know the characters so well. They're able to generate material for every character. The actors are able to pretty much everything is like good and usable. And that's what makes these decisions about how to cut stuff and how to condense things so difficult. Like this, you, like this is where you almost feel like Jesse saying, okay, we have to just cut this off because this thing is just alive at this point. Right. It's like at, out of we're going to have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The rate of like story and like plot and character <sighs> and like, drama that's being developed it's like it's too much for like almost the episodes to like contain right if 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 he had on the mind that there wasn't going to be a season five especially um i still think there's there's 
even though there's structural narrative things that bug me about these episodes, I do think this show is just so sophisticated at this point. I love you know, rehe- you have to kind of I, give it I, I love know. rehearsal. I don't know why. Yeah, I just I, I love too. it so yeah. much. I, I I you know, I know in our episode I talked about it as like it's the New York episode, so I have a particularly fin- a mm-hmm. particular affinity for it cuz the show even though it's, you know, based in New York, it really isn't about New York, but um yeah, like them hopping around the city and uh, like Willa getting lost, the broad city gag of like the the, the GPS <laughs> phone, the karaoke, um, Logan walking the street with Carrie at the end t- complaining about the rats getting too fat. Like that's such a stereotypical New Yorker thing. And you never see Logan like walking around the streets. You never really see any of the kids like walking around the streets of New York. They're always just getting into cars, you know, and they're sort of bouncing around here um, and you know, it's nice that all four of them are together like that. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I, it's tough because the, the, the you're not serious people conversation. Um, I think, I I think, I think we're agreed that rehearsal is a bit higher up. I don't think we're going to get to it yet. It's, I don't don't think it, I'm not sure if it is in that second tier. Like we'll, we'll we'll see. It's Um, close. It's, it's, it's close for me. It's close. It's like on the border of the, of the the second and third tier, but it's, yes, it's, it's, it's definitely higher than Munsters. And I have, I have several in between rehearsal and Munsters. Yeah. So let's talk about uh like some of the the season one first half that we have here. I was, sad, I was sad, sack shit show and lifeboats. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was yeah. looking at right okay. now too. Yeah. Go ahead, guys. Those are yeah. Those are really tough for me because <laughs> again, it's like we're all just picking favorite children here, which is the entire <laughs> subject of the show. So we should be good at this. Um, but uh, I think of those. Yes, I think one of those has to go here. I think I would probably say lifeboats of those. Um, like I really love lifeboats, uh, but it is again one of these episodes that doesn't have a super strong conceptual set piece hook yeah. to it. Um, it is a day at the office or a couple days at the office. It's the entire drama is structured around you know how is Kendall gonna solve this problem with the bank. This is like in the very early days of the show where people are just like, is this just a show about stock prices? Like, what right. is the show about? <laughs> um, and I think what this show, what this episode does really well, is it establishes a lot of Kendall's kind of like business mindset lexicon that yes. we're gonna return to. So much <laughs> I mean, the lifeboat, the, the, the lifeboat speech which, is legendary. Yeah. The lifeboat speeds, the stuff where he's talking about, like, you know, let's put, you know, a documentary about the epic of, epic Gilgamesh, of Gilgamesh on the internal, because what are we, if not storytellers? Like, I think about that all the time. Like, all yeah. that stuff is, is is great, you know? But, yeah, there's a lot of subplot stuff here that, like, you know, I don't really care that much. Like, Shiv, Shiv Marcia, and, yeah. the introduction of Nate, um, you know, Roman and his trainer. It's all very, yeah, all very minor stuff that we could that we could maybe do without. Yeah. You know, intro- it's the introduction of Stewie, so a lot of important stuff for the yeah, show. Stewie but, intro, you know, yeah, not, stuff. Yeah. You know, it, but in the grand in the grand scheme of things, you know, in the fullness of time, not the not the strongest hour of the show. Yeah. So I'm fine with lifeboats going here. I'd put that one next, yeah. So I, I would I think we're at thirty. And then um yeah, then Shit Show and Sad Sack Wasp Trap. It, ugh, those are tough, you know? Like I, I kind of fell in love with the show, Shit Show at the Fuck Factory, because you know, I kind of finally started to like get what was going on with the dialogue. It's it, it I started to get the, these arrested development vibes. Um and I think it's just, I don't know, it's a very, very funny episode. Again, like, it's, there's a lot of just, like, silly jockeying, like, uh, Shiv and Rome talking about, like, you know, is it going to be Jerry? It's fun. It's a fun episode. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure it, you know, it, it 
deserves a spot, um, you know, high up in sort of the ones that kind of emotionally pierce us. And and, and Sad Sag Wasp Trap, also a really good office episode. Very hard for me to uh, to denigrate just because it's the episode where uh, where Tom finds out about the the cruises scandal and that's just all like very very funny and his it's the beginning of his entire just like saga with that and then trying to talk to Shiv about it and and Greg and so forth um I would have a hard time deciding which one of those I like better I would initially have always said definitely shit show but sad sack wash has grown on me a little bit yeah, I think Sad Sack for me, it's like, I mean, obviously that is one of the ones where you get everybody in the same location and you have like some drama that happens. And I do find that the introduction of the death pit there and the way that interacts with the subplot that is not super well developed, but I think it is well placed in this episode, the subplot with Kendall basically strong arming this ATN anchor into going on a date with him and pretending he's like a good guy. Like I always liked when the show, this is something that's also really apparent in the books is how much there is a lot more kind of like sexual material in yeah. the scripts that, yes, a lot have, more. that ended up getting cut out, which is, which is really fascinating because that's something that we always remarked on mm-hmm. is that, you know, that there's not a lot of sexual material like in the show actually, which leads to this impression that the characters are really repressed in some way. They actually have difficulty experiencing pleasure. Like that's literalized in a big way with the Roman material, but it's just really not depicted very much at all. Like the sex lives of these characters is often alluded to, um, but it's, 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 it's a lot more present in some of these scripts and it's interesting the ways that it's kind of cut out and I always kind of felt that you know that was there was kind of a missed opportunity to go back more to that to go to like the ATN culture and the company culture and the way that like sort of sexual coercion and harassment comes out yeah even with um talking about like the PR nightmare that it creates in the the death pit storyline yeah yeah agreed so so yeah I, I should show a little bit higher than sad sack oh I was going the other way I was gonna say sad sack is is higher is higher okay so what's what do you should show what do you think it's just uh what's what's your like ultimate assessment i mean it's it's good it's just uh it's it's and it's i think i gained a new appreciation for it with uh connor's wedding right when you know you look at have these characters deal with the possibility that their dad is actually yeah. he, he is he's not coming back right so like, that's exactly it, what it, i had in my notes yeah <laughs> I yeah there's a like sense in which wedding. shit show yeah. is kind of a is kind of a dress rehearsal for for yes. that episode later exactly, which, you know, exactly. spoilers is going to be is going to come a bit later in our rankings um yeah there's a, a line in shit show that was like um if what happens earlier gets out and and kendall's like what happened and then it reminded me of the phone call in connor's wedding when the c-suite is like uh well, you know, you guys have been estranged and Kendall's like, we're not estranged. We had a family event last night. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, so I think shit show is great. It just has, I don't think it has like really high peaks or anything like yeah. that. It's just, it's the, it's the sort of the second pilot of the show. So they're getting their legs under them, under them in a big way. Um, and I think they do that really well. Um, I just don't think it really hits super high highs for me. Okay. So, so that's, that's why I would be okay with it being a bit lower. All right. Even though I think it's like pretty like across the board like i don't really have any issues with it you know there are episodes i would put above it that i have like so i have problems with here i have 39 secession 38 celebration 37 i went to market 36 return 35 the disruption 34 lying in the meadow 33 dundee asterisk 32 are 
31, The Munsters, 30, Lifeboats, 29, Shit Show at the Fuck Factory, 28, Sad Sack, Wasp Trap. That's your personal list. So so we haven't put our Justies. We haven't put our Justies or, or Dundee in here yet. Dundee in here. Uh, yeah, I had them at 32 and 33, but I know that uh, we ha- I, I said asterisk because I, I know you might want to think them a little higher. Yeah, I, I what, think what would Dundee, you put below what would you put below Dun like where would you put Dundee, Brendan? I think Dundee goes here. Yeah, me. I think you're kinda you're you're right, maybe like above shit show. Right above shit show. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think yeah, and, and yeah, and so just to we've already spoke a little bit about it. I don't want to go too much in depth over it again. There's a lot of stuff that's really enjoyable in Dundee, but I think to me it being like one of these big party episodes that I always think of like being like where the show is kind of like yeah. peaks at like these weddings and these big functions. It feels a little bit like a missed opportunity. The only scene that I think is like really dramatically powerful in the episode is the scene where Shiv and Logan mm-hmm. sit down and he's they're looking at the book of houses and he's talking about like, like the past and there's so much of it. Right, right, like right. That. Like I think that that's really powerful, which is also really interesting because it is a scene that was in the original pilot script yes they, i i couldn't re- i couldn't believe that i was shocked Dundee. yeah it's it, how how it's it's incredible how they they move stuff around from from season to season like i was yeah. i was shocked to see that i was shocked to see that, love that scene <laughs> yeah. yeah which which just yeah which just lends further credence to my thinking it's, that like that episode's a little it's a little bit of a missed opportunity a little bit underbaked a little underbaked um, yeah okay um so let's get into maybe I think I have yeah I have our justies near here. This is where I start. This is this is where I have some of my more controversial season four takes. Maybe. I don't know. Oh boy. Um, kill I'm list. Trying to do, I'm not trying to do hot takes. Yes, kill list. Yeah, kill list and our actually kill list and our justies are a really interesting pair to talk about because they're actually quite similar episodes. Mm-hmm. I think they're both are about like are, trying yeah. to land a big deal, although they're kind of trying to sabotage the deal in kill list. They're both like very plotty like kill list i think the biggest flaw that it has is just that it's trying to do so much yeah that it cut is, it cut a lot of the funny scenes of the like uh you know the the, the two camps sort of like doing games and and all of that uh it's it's doing yeah it's very very heavy on the on the the deal making stuff i love the setting and the and i do think there is some there are a lot of funny bits in here but you're totally right it is thick with like we gotta hit this beat hit this beat hit this beat yeah yeah it's kind of non-stop like the you get like a we get a couple of like interludes of humor like the the sauna uh and the <laughs> carl and frank like that's very funny unforgettable um the calispatron viewing is like kind of funny the buffet um, all the all the all the, all the stuff with this all the, the stuff buffet, with yeah. the swedes and you know what charles bromesco talked about in our episode is like the cast doppelgangers like oh that's really funny just like mm-hmm. to see everybody like at like in a fish out of water setting it is fun and you know this is this yeah. is where you're like oh god the and show is just like it's beautifully when you see, shot when you like, see what they can do with yeah. this show it's just like there's so many possibilities here but yeah in terms of just like having to cover this episode this show on a podcast this was like one of if not the hardest episodes tough, yeah. to like prep the podcast for and talk about just because there was so much going on that we felt like we had to break down and understand before we could like feel solid in our analysis mm-hmm. um and this episode also just has like i feel like kind of just kind of this really long delayed fuse um in terms of like what the emotional core of it is because it's really what's going on with roman and his like pre-grieving that snaps at the end right and it's like at the, it looks like towards the beginning of the episode it's like well we kind of have a sense of where this is going with roman but it's just it just takes a while to to get there and i and i came around really to loving scars in this season um but again just not because here, there's yeah. so much 
just because there's so much plot here, um, I didn't quite connect with his performance here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would be fine putting kill list here, and then maybe our justice goes right above it. Yeah, that could work. Okay. Um, what's your other controversial season four that you have here? I don't. Okay. Oh. Hang on a second. Let me make sure I want to see I want to say this oh, before boy. I can say we, this. Wait, can we can we talk about Summer Palace first, please? I think that's like more um, that's less controversial to talk about. Yeah, we can talk about Summer Palace. I'm 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 um, I'm a little low on Summer Palace. I think it's uh, I don't know. It's good. It's good. It's good. But um the ending to me was a little weird. I don't I didn't love the pacing of it. Um, again, like, I, I think it's just, like, these... Uh, nobody's ever missing the finale of season one was my, is my favorite episode of the show. I'm sorry, spoiler. <laughs> um, oh, how we know? We got then... suspense for the end of the podcast. <laughs> oh, damn it. We could, we could cut this out, although Gabby has literally said this on yes. the podcast I, I've said it many times, and I said it in, a, like, a, a GQ thing. Uh, so, so Maybe we'll have a it, hot take at the top. Okay, it, we'll hold out known. some hope. Um, but yeah, just like, so, uh, you know, and then it goes into season two and I love the cold open of Summer Palace and when he's in Iceland and then he has to do the interview. It's so fucking good, but it really does slow down for me a lot in the Hamptons. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a great, uh, analysis about it. It's just, it just didn't really work for me as well as it did for other people. The, the coming into the room and this and that. I know the shiv and uh, this slant of light scene. It's a really nice scene, but overall, um, I'm 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 a little low on the summer palace. Interesting. Yeah, this is one of our strongest points of disagreement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think is that I, I have a real attachment to this episode and to um, really, I just really love that the the first half of season two. I think is one of the strongest stretches of the entire show, <laughs> and I think in the summer palace, you know, with that real great punchy cold open with that. You know, that that line, the first thing my son's ever done right in his life, smash yeah. cut to the credits. But like there's just like this tone of just like I mean, the siblings are really at each other's throats in a way that they're um that they're maybe not the rest of the series in the first half of season two. Like the tone is just so acid and dark. Yeah, the first um, half of season two I, is great. It does just, it does set the I, tone. I love yeah. it. I just I love this like it and there's the the change in focus is especially like Cox, like Cox seems to come back, you know, like he's lost like five pounds or something like his hairs. He's gone totally white. And, you know, he just has this alertness. He's energized. Um, So there's just like a real like sharpening of the focus. I find that I just find so electrifying in this episode. And I, I, I don't know what you're talking about with the, with the episode slowing down. I mean, I find it to be like really well paced and I find everything really compelling. Just like it, it uses these very simple and in a way obvious dramatic devices that I just but I just love those like the big metaphor of like there being like a decaying stink in the house is very like old school but I really like that and just like Kendall being this sort of symbol this reminder of like what has to happen to the siblings to get close to their dad this like omen of portent for what's going to happen to Shiv as she tries to get close to Logan over the course of the season um yeah, so you can. Yeah, I guess you can sure, argue that it's it, my, it feels it's, a little it, bit outside the norm. But it's I, but my I, least I favorite the of the first half of season two. How about that? <laughs> okay. Um, um, but we can we can we can um, we can table it because I, I there's let's a couple hold of, it. I want to hear the season four uh, slander. That, yeah, that I know. I know. What, I know what's coming, and and I'm not sure if I agree, but let's hear it, Brendan. <laughs> 
Um, well, this is where I would put the finale, basically. This is where I would put... Oh, that's the... not what I was expecting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's even more... Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we could, we could fight about this. I mean, like, again, I... There... Like, I said at the top that um, I... I don't know if made by peace is the right term, but I I came to an understanding and my reading of the finale has changed in recent weeks, you know, with revisiting it. And I think just thinking about it more, I was able to sort of trace specifically what's going on with Roman in a way that sort of threaded the season together in a way that I found a lot more satisfying. And so I think the, the last 20 minutes of the finale, um, I think uh, are electrifying direction acting staging that pay off the show in a great way even if it feels a bit abrupt um but you know if i'm being honest and just like looking at the episode as a whole it's too long there's too much wasted time in barbados um there's too much beating around the bush there's too much i think there is just a bit of them getting carried away with the sentimentality as well they should because it's a great enterprise that they're saying goodbye to um look but, look i, you know, I you're it's, right it's, it's a little but, long i would have preferred a 12 episode season to to th- this finale i think but for i mean for me the barbados scenes worked i think i just rewatched that episode today and i think every conver- i think every conversation they had there was good and necessary maybe yeah like it does get a little silly with the sentimentalism in the kitchen but like we don't ever ever get to see the kids like that you know and 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 it's it's a good uh build up because you know it's not going to last i yeah, also yeah. like i also like that they include caroline in the finale i think that's important um i think she's such an important character again another Oscar, Oscar, Emmy snub uh, that that Harriet Walter and James Cromwell never got um, Emmys for their guest spots. But yeah, I think having her there is important because the finale and its its emotional architecture hinged so much on literally succession and generational, you know, on who's coming next and and you know Shiv being pregnant and and uh, Kendall's kids and all of that. And I think. You know, she was just such an important part of the show and to have her there and to have her like kind of taking care of Roman after um, the Peter Munyon stuff is like it's it's amazing. It's 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 superfluous, but it's very funny. Like, come on. It's very and funny. Something I really respect about like the show taking like <clears throat> it's limited time for its finale and like spending it on something as ridiculous as that. Yeah. And like the reveal of <laughs> like, the it's... friend coming out of the shadows behind him is so funny and like. And they're pitching, yeah, I, I, like, the most sketchiest shit ever. And they're like, these margins are going to be creamy. I just, like, yeah. it was so funny. And, and I, yeah, I maybe they could have cut a couple minutes from Barbados. But I think most of those scenes were necessary. Like, they, they had it's to not talk, even talk really that about, stuff it's, out. It's, it's really not about cutting the stuff for me. It's just about structuring it in a yes, way that feels more like drama and conflict. And right. not just, you know... Uh, the the element of this finale meeting, just bugs yeah. me. It's just like, well, it's just no. It's just that they've done this so many times before. We talked about it's it. Like, it's it was like the retread of which side are you on a little bit, like. Well, no, it's no, it's not even that. It's the it's it's the season three finale. It's the it's mass in time of war. It's every oh, you time mean the kids the, trying it's every, to? Yeah. It's every time the show teases the siblings coming right. together so that it feels more painful when they yank it away. But we've just seen them do that before at this point. So as soon as they start winding towards that, I'm like, 
but we couldn't figure out yeah. a way to stage this, a way to structure this in a way that felt a little bit more, I don't know, just not, it doesn't have to feel like an apocalyptic confrontation for 90 minutes, but I don't know. It's just the, the, the languidness of it. I just, I, I, I find myself justifying it more than I do like really enjoying it when I watch that episode. I think another episode would have been really helpful here. Cause I, I totally agree. I think this episode's too long. Like it's just yeah. too long and it's, and I know it's like, it feels very um, ungrateful or something to say that about like the series finale of like one of yeah. the, <laughs> the Pantheon shows, right? Yeah. But um, it, it, I, I think I agree with you where it, it feels a little off in its like structuring and its um, dramatic payoffs. Yeah, I think sometimes sometimes they just got really married to a specific idea where it was like I think I heard I read an interview or I, this might have even been in the HBO after show thing where Jesse was like, "Well, we do the entire episode had to build up to that final confrontation." I'm like, "Why? You can do anything. You can do anything in this episode. It doesn't matter. You don't necessarily have yeah. to structure it that way." I don't know. Right. I mean, the ending that they I mean that ending as it's staged again, it works really well, but I just I do kind of feel like we're just treading water until we get there the entire episode. Absolutely. Um Yeah, um, that's fair. I guess I don't, I don't know if I want to go into a little bit more the realization I came to about the episode or just like the the understanding I came to about what's going on with, with Roman in this episode. But I think um, I, I, I was... The, the, Adam was trying to push us towards this when we um, talked about this, but I just like, I didn't quite have this mapped out in my head yet. But like the meaning of that line where Roman says, you know, we are bullshit yeah. at the end. Aside from being, as I said at the time, kind of an escape hatch for just like, well, this is a very simple slug way of stating the thesis the of thesis, the show yeah. in, in a very obvious, I think, kind of unsatisfying way. These people don't matter. But like, if you t if you think about like why emotionally Roman would say that, it helps me understand a little bit more what the episode and what the season is doing with him, which is, you know, we always see Roman or we've seen before in season three in particular him you know, riding these highs, you know, when he feels like he's really out of control that come into like an inevitable crash, right? Which is basically he's spinning out of control ever since he loses his dad. He loses that anchor, that figure that he needs to kind of slap him and put him in his place, which is what he psychologically always craves. He doesn't actually crave the top spot, the CEO job. He craves the sort of secondary role where he's close to power and he feels secure there because there's somebody who can rein him in and punish him. Uh, and so that reaches its most sort of destructive, darkest expression when he like literally walks out into a crowd of people to like let them trample him and almost kill him. And, that, and that's also, you know, the meaning of that, what I said at the time was an ambiguous gesture. In the script, it's pretty, it's, in the script, it's written pretty clearly as sort of both things are true at once that Kendall is pulling Roman to him to sort of like open his his uh, his scars at the end to sort of open his mm, wounds and yeah. roman is also enjoying it in a way he's he's like he's wanting it to happen you know it, yeah. they're 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 both kind of like assuming those positions of like kendall is like the new paternal figure who's going to punish roman and keep him in his place and roman is like wanting that craving it so then when everything blows up at the end um that I think Roman has that realization when he says we are bullshit. It's not just about like this nihilism or whatever. It's also this sort of like psychological relief for him where he was like, not only is Kendall not going to replace my yeah. father for me, but also it's like the problem was clearly never me. It was all of us. The problem was all of the kids. He yeah. was never the one who was, you know, the weak one. He was not the weak dog. It was all of them. And that's why he's kind of like happy and satisfied at the end is because he reaches a kind of breakthrough there. Yeah, th I mean, that's fair. And, and they, you know, even Kendall actually brings that up in, in 
Barbados, I don't know, Bahamas, I'm not sure which is the setting, which is the the filming location. Anyway, where he says to Roman, like, because Roman's like, he's like, you, you lost it at the funeral, you know, like, you're not, do you actually want this? You know, like, maybe you're actually like a decent person and I'm the psycho, you know? Um, and, and you know, I, so I think that they're like, he's sort of reckoning with that, um, you know, uh, I think after, after the end of, uh, church and state right when like uh, before he goes out and he he gets himself injured and then he goes down and and kendall shows up and he's very like not into having the conversation like he's very just not into this throughout the whole time and um yeah i mean i don't know i think that's uh it's not necessarily like what we expected for 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 roman's end but um, I think it makes sense, and and I was I don't know I was just like very moved by by Roman in this episode. It's hard for me to um, to rank it lowly. I don't know. It's not that low. We did put plenty of stuff below it. That's true. Um, but, but 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 yes, obviously, you know, yes, we have a bit of disagreement here. Um, so that's a very roundabout way of saying that uh, we have <laughs> we have, we still we still have to figure out what to put here. Um, well, it's so I, put, I don't know. You would you would you put you would put tailgate party ahead of the finale? I think so because yeah. that's a case that's a case where, as we talked about on our episode i have one very big issue with tailgate party which is that i think this again this is a a case of the writers getting really fixed on an idea where it was like we need to build to this like who's afraid of virginia wolf argument with shiv and tom but then it's not really staged in a way that i think is super satisfying actually um but but the rest of the episode actually i think is really great like i actually think that all the party stuff. I think this is like the best Skarsgård performance. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the funniest Connor. It's subplot. very funny. Very it's funny. Great, Connor. great <laughs> this, dark this, Kendall energy. I'm gonna say no on the slows. Yeah, Kendall and um, Kendall and and uh, Skarsgård have, have a great little fight here at the end. It's a lot of fun. Um, and Kendall is sort of just like he's roaming the room and 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 it's scheming. It's like great, um, great sort of classic Kendall. Um you know sort of quiet maneuvers and i liked the scene with nate i know you were a little down on it but i i liked it i liked the wrap-up i liked how these episodes brought back characters that we were gonna that we now say goodbye to who were you know sort of leaving the circle we had to see everybody kind of kind of depart the orbit in order to to be free and 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 um that happens here with nate uh it it, it happens um you know th- throughout the final season and and yeah, I like that episode a lot. Um, and I, yeah, I agree that the, the build up towards the fight was, was a little, um, you know, they could have, uh, have written that a little bit um, so that it wasn't so kind of out of nowhere. But um, yeah, they had Abba, the, the um, it's interesting because in the, in the script books, they, Darwin is actually introduced in that episode. There's stuff about the election that, I think was confusing mm. to people that is sprinkled throughout season four in the scripts that they cut a lot of. Um, again, yeah, another, was, an- another, another, clear, yeah. another reason that they really needed to make this a 12 episode season because um, a lot of exposition for things that were going on with the business, um, for things that were going on with the election was cut um, that I think maybe would have made some of this feel a little, uh, you know, given it a little bit more room to breathe perhaps. 
Okay, so in terms of what we're putting here, because the last episodes we put in here was we put in reverse order, uh, shit show, Dundee, kill list, or justies. Um, here's what I'll say. And I'll sad say, sack. Let, you missed sad sack. Well, I, I I hadn't put sad sack in here, but I was gonna say I'll oh, I'll, okay. I'll say I'll say let's go ahead and put sad sack, um, okay. right there over okay. our justies. Does that make okay. sense? Sad sack over our justies. I would. Would you flip I would, those? I would flip. Yeah. Okay. So kill list, then sad sack, then our justies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I guess I can go with summer palace right above that. I mean, well, we can we can uh, pick a, we can pick another one. That's uh let let let's let's do not let's not do summer palace and let's not do with open eyes. Let's pick another one that we can put down there. Maybe DC or Valter. DC is strange. <laughs> I rewatched that one. <clears throat> it's weird because it feels like it's like. Two different episodes smashed yes. together in a way. <laughs> yes, it, um, it absolutely which is. Which I totally forgot about because, like, on, uh, in memory, it's like, oh, it's just like the Veep style yeah. congressional hearings. But there's a whole a whole bunch at the front of this one. Um, and so it ends up feeling kind of a little strange um, to me, at least. DC, I, DC was, like, really exciting on a first watch, right? Because, like, yeah, the, the hearings are, like, a big thing. And then, like, the Roman Roman storyline getting kidnapped in Central Asia is, like, what the fuck? It, it's, it's a fun, buzzy, exciting episode. I really like it. Um, I love the Roman stuff. But, yeah, again, like, is there a true, like, emotional punch through line there? Or it's kind of... It's kind of a funny episode, right? Like, I don't remember ever f- anything in that episode being particularly. Like I said, it's like the most veep the show. Yeah, is, it's a very veepy. Like so <laughs> yeah. Back and forth, snappy. And... Yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom dead catting, uh, the, the, the Connor fist bump, all the back and forth with the sort of like war room that they have. Yeah, that stuff is fun. That's also the, um, yeah, it's the, it's the resolution of the Rhea storyline, which, yeah, just for whatever reason, just ended up being kind of unsatisfying. And then the conversation between Shiv and Kira, the witness who she kind of persuades not to testify. Yeah. Um, I kind of I, I wanted that conversation to feel more dramatic than it did. It's weird. It's like a, it's like a really long scene. It's like a six-page scene long, yeah. in the script. Um, but I, I don't know. Just like it feels like it should sing in some way. It feels very true to all the dynamics that are there. Like I it think does, they yeah. honored the reality of the situation that they're depicting. Um, You're right. Yeah, it, it, do- doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't sing doesn't as really much quite on the rewatch. Have yeah. the snap. Um, yeah. So I, th- I, w- I wonder if that might actually be our most controversial take because I feel like this is a real fan favorite. It is a fan favorite. One. It, it, it will be one of I mean, more. Yeah. Again, it's like this. It has very memeable moments, but it's like you know, it's really, the, what are it's, we? Really, yeah. what are we talking about here when we talk about what makes the show special? Exactly. Kendall on the stand is so is really funny and like hit him like actually like being confident. And really giving it to him is like is it's he like really it off, fun, yeah. It, and everyone's surprised by it. Yeah, I I, I love that stuff. But yeah, it, it it feels structurally yeah two kind of like halves smashed together in a weird way. Yeah, and Shiv's like trying to make it work with the the Nate and the Gill stuff in the middle. I get it. Like DC's like her. It's like her stomping grounds or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean none of that was particularly like memorable or. Like I don't even remember what was that what the, what that was about even um just it was more gill stuff right but the gill stuff kind of uh, also fell through but again that was stuff that was written more in the scripts but you know yeah Roman Roman in Turkey as well like you said it's very exciting as you're watching it but then it's not really 
Well, not, yeah, it, like, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, it's it's no. very funny for for me. What what my takeaway from that was that Roman is perhaps because uh, Logan sends him because he's like people like you. I think maybe it was the um, first time like we really get a sense of what Roman's strengths were and that he perhaps could rise up because when he went through that affair and that ordeal in Central Asia, he actually handled it quite well. You know, he's like a pretty adaptable guy. And, you know, he I try to imagine Ken or Shiv in that situation or even Connor and the absolute meltdowns they would have. I mean, Carl was having a panic panic attack. Can you imagine like, you know, Kendall in that moment? Whereas like Roman really handled it well. And like you got a sense that like, okay, this is a guy who kind of like, you know, he for being a spoiled little brat, um, he handled that situation pretty well. And then he comes back um, for the season two finale and he's got you know, he's got the right read on the situation. So um, there was some payoff there in terms of, I think, kind of elevating Roman a little bit um, for for season three and for the rest of the show. I mean, I think that's kind that was kind of a Roman turning point. Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing that's coming to mind as we talk about this, and I'm fine with us ranking this episode here, but I also want us to keep in mind is, I mean, maybe this is just something we're okay with because this is our particular read on the show. But I think the way that we're ranking these so far is like we're... I, 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 something that's really becoming clear is that you know the sort of like emotional way to the show and the drama and the conflict is much more important to us than the comedy and i don't want it to see it like a way that like we're discounting the comedy of the no, show we love the comedy yeah we love the comedy right <laughs> but it's like it, it, it's it's but it feels like it's not like the thing we come to the show for um yeah. even when there are episodes that are primarily comedic or episodes that like kind of perfectly fuse the two there's an episode i have in mind that one that like perfectly fuses the sort of like farce of the show and the sort of like emotional mm-hmm. like dramatic power that it has yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this is an interesting episode to, to think about that because I think that's what a lot of people really remember the show for is, is, is the comedy, yeah. um, in this, this episode in particular. Okay. So we're good with DC there. Sure. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like for me, this is where I, I I'm kind of wondering, yeah, do we go tailgate party or do we go America decides? We haven't talked about America decides. Yeah. Yet. Let's talk about America I would, decides. I would honestly go church and state before either of those i know you guys probably disagree i know yeah you didn't like that one so much dan tell us tell <laughs> I, us again why what, what your issue was um there's i th- oh, i think I, at the time i i know i argued with brendan about this at the time i think at, at the time um the writing is there the performances are there like everything is there but there's just something about the direction on the inside of this church um that does not read to me and like does not I don't know. There's just something about the, the interior direction of this funeral that does not work for me. And maybe this is me like tr- now trying to balance out like, oh, the emotional stuff and the comedy stuff by by discarding a, an emotional episode. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of really great stuff in here. But there's just something um, pacing wise for me that just it, it, it's it's either struggling to get started or it never finds its rhythm with so many people in this giant space. Um, and how they move the cameras around, and I know, I know, we discussed this back then, not on pod, but um, I I would move those below those two, but I could I could definitely see uh, tailgate party also slotting in here, um, before America decides. I like I like America decides. Yeah, America decides is another episode that I feel I feel the problem mainly is like it, it, there is kind of just like a an unbalancing thing there where i think the last 20 minutes 
I mean, maybe everything once they once like they go down to the floor and they're dealing with the whole there and they present this actual possibility for them to throw the election like that drama starts to become a lot more felt um i f- was frankly disappointed by a lot of the atn material which felt a lot more like the writers wanting to like use a lot of the research that they had done over the years and wanting to like stay a lot closer to the reality it didn't really feel like the atn that we had like built yes. up over the series yes. again like and that we I were like really to, wanting to see yeah really wanted to yeah. see this as like more of like a really unhinged abattoir of just like sexual mm-hmm. perversion yeah. and bullying you yeah. know where instead it feels like you know i'm sure this is much closer to reality but i don't know like everything else in this episode is so heightened and almost political cartoonish i think in a good way like it's like like it's uh it's an unsubtle episode um and i think that's totally fine for what it's attempting to do but yeah there's there's just like an unbalancing like i didn't like the the wasabi bit i just didn't right yeah yeah that that was that was kind of silly um there's good emotional beats in that, like the the Shiv and and Ken stuff is pretty good. Oh, it's the so Ken- good! Yeah, the, the yeah the whole final sequence is great. I I, don't, I really don't have the any Ken notes and, on that. Ken I really and like Roman, it, yeah. yeah. Um, I mentioned Milwaukee in that episode. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Milwaukee. Hell yeah. Midwest mentioned, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was actually a, a fairly important part of the the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, very very very. Yeah, important. no, I I have to I have to you know. Like it's not easy to to make <laughs> an episode about American politics when your show, you know, is only a little bit about American politics and half of your writers' room is British. Um, I think you know they really were ambitious here. They tried, and um, you know I think it worked uh, mostly. And yeah, the the Darwin stuff was a little weird, but it's funny because they did introduce him in a previous episode, but that got cut. Um, yeah, I'm okay with. Uh, I don't know. America decides in tailgate party. Not sure. That's Again, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like you can have these critiques, but the, you can't, the stuff that the show is doing well at this point is like so good. Exactly. Like they really are. They really are firing so strong. It's like really so just a these, matter of, of these, like, like yeah. series long conflicts are like paying yeah. off, you know, mm-hmm. like I really, uh, like yeah, I just uh, I'm just thinking about like the the way that they use Greg like taking that walk to make the call at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love love that moment with him and Jess. Yeah. 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 Oh, with him and Jess. I thought you meant um the, yeah, with him fucking over Shiv. That was good too. They used Greg well in that episode. Yeah, um, yeah. I th- All right, we're no closer <laughs> to making a decision here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we floated a bunch of candidates for what comes have, next year. We're we're getting into like the yeah we're we're getting into we the are, tops now. We have the last slot of tier three minor work to slot, and then we're into tier two, the far side of paradise. <laughs> Are, are we sure we don't want the Summer Palace We've already here? talked about, yeah, several of Summer them. Summer Palace though. on the table, Tailgate Party oh, on the table, uh, the Sides on the table. With open eyes, Jesus Christ. Okay, um, what's another one that we haven't talked about that maybe is a little... All right, we need to talk about Valter, retired janitors, and too much birthday. Oof. Um, yeah, Valter is... is... I mean, Valter's a candidate, I think, for going next year. Um, an episode I really like. <laughs> I mean, we like, love it. it. Yeah, it's great. Really, it's cla- classic. <laughs> we love the classic Office episodes. Like they're just they're so good. Yeah, surprise! An episode of Succession that I really like. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't love the Connor and like the hotel stuff and the like that. That that was a little. I don't know. 
felt a little wasty. Again, yeah. again, we're now that now we get into these episodes that are just like they're so good. We're gonna have to be very nitpicky and kind of annoying about like little things we didn't like, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, here's well here's where I'm really gonna say I think we should pick then one of these season four episodes that we've just talked about as having like these big flaws because I don't think these other ones have these big flaws. I don't know. That's um, fine. So which I really one? feel. I, I really would put the finale there. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. I really, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'll make after it. talking about it, yeah. I mean, especially just after talking about it here, the, <clears throat> I think, again, what it comes down to for me is that, like, the structural uh, dramatic engine of the show is not, like, fully firing here. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me. No, oh, you guys are right. Yeah. You're right. It's true. It's true. Okay. Um... Amazing ending. Amazing ending. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we can say that we're now in this tier two far side of paradise where we don't have to like nitpick every episode, but we're just basically going in, in, in order of preference and yeah. we're saving our favorites for last in the in the pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think we could I put mean, in uh, the tailgate party. I think that we, we could put in summer house around here right like we all, yeah. a lot of the ones we've talked about all the ones that we've sort of yeah rehearsal we need to rank rehearsal summer palace america decides um tailgate and then the finale and Walter. <laughs> okay here is my rough attempt to do that i would go so in reverse order i would go tailgate party summer palace America decides and then falter. Yes, so so yeah, so with the biter work tier in reverse order we have the Munsters, Lifeboats, Shit Show at the Fuck Factory, Dundee, Kill List, Sad Sack, Progestes, DC, with open eyes. Gotcha. Now now we're in tier two where my suggestion is that we go Tailgate Party, Summer Palace, America Decides, and then Falter. Tailgate Party, Summer Palace, America Decides, then Balter. Um, I mean, I would put Tailgate Party over Summer Palace, but you know, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Actually, we can. Do okay, that. let's do that then. Sure. All right, we're getting into the heavy hitters now. I guess just a quick word about Valter. We don't yeah. really we we really don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, I would say that this is a good example of the show really managing to integrate its media satire into the emotional logic and the drama of the characters in a way that's really satisfying and meaningful like the like the really cruel back and forth between roman and Mm -hmm. kendall in this episode and the way that kendall is forced to sort of like put down his pet you know put down something he loves to gain his dad's favor is so well done and strong Mm -hmm. is great in this episode Oh, I mean, yeah, like he's, this is full mercenary mode, dead eyes. He's, he's so good um, in these episodes. And yeah, I mean, again, like an office episode is never going to be like the best episode, but um, Walter resonates. It still does. Um, And I think it will for a long time. (laughs) You know, it's one of the reasons that the show is like, this is going to be kind of a timeless show, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, Um, I I would say rehearsal goes next. Okay, that's yeah, that's fair for me. I I agree. We ta- already talked about rehearsal. Um, I would then put retired janitors, but I don't know. 
Where did I have retired janitors? Only because okay, that's retired roughly ja- right. I think I have a, I have a few others before that, but that, that that's about retired. Right. Retired janitors is great. Like it's the first like real like huge C suite app. There are um, though there there are no slouches in this tier. Every every the, episode is great in this tier. Yeah, yeah, the Tom the Tom and and uh, uh, Logan stuff in the bathroom and and their relationship. You can kind of you see it starting to like it's moving that through line is like very very important um there was you know kind of some stuff on like connor and you and that was that felt a little superfluous there in the script book brent i don't know if you saw but there's like an entire to it yet oh there's like an entire plot in this of tom being incredibly horny and like dirty talking shiv throughout like the entire day and like yeah her sexy window yeah very vulgar and so it's kind of funny because like the the fertility thing that he brings up at the end seems sort of out of nowhere but uh it's weird yeah there they they, there's like always the whole thing throughout the episode of like tom being really really horny um and and saying some (laughs) vulgar things so i mean i think i I think this (laughs) is a contra i think this is a controversial episode um well it's the the big anti-climax i think that disappointed people you know it's like they wanted another uh which side are you on well, this is what I was talking about in terms of an episode where you it's almost like a magic eye painting where you can see this as a Veep episode that is just pure farce. It's pure sitcom cartoonery, people running around, you know, everything suddenly being reduced to this very, everything feels very important and all of a sudden it's reduced to just panicking and making things up on the fly and you see the indignity of all this at the same time. But as Emily St. James was really good at talking about in the in the episode we recorded about this, you can also see this as like a really just a great dramatizing of all the kids' different relationships to their father. And it's just yes. one of, I think, the most elegantly sort of directed and staged way of showing like how all the different kids sort of react to Logan being out of commission for a while. Like it's, it's it, like I, I find that really potent. And I also find it in terms of just like episodes that have this sort of like metaphorical, you know, imagined uh, dimension to them. A really good episode just about this political reality in which, you know, decisions are made by people, you know, gerontocracy, people who may not be mm-hmm. in total control of their yeah. faculties, whose minds may be on other things altogether, you know, and other people having to kind of like pick up the pieces around them. It's extremely resonant. Say so the emotion's a little bit harder to access just because it's so cartoony in spots. But uh, but I, I think I find it pretty hard to actually voice any flaws with. I think it's pretty stellar. Yeah, I love this episode because this is like the first episode in season three where I really felt like off the COVID wobble. Yeah, and I like the it's like the first one that is firing on all like yeah again firing on all cylinders back to like form. Yeah, Um, and so it's this episode is like a great comfort to me in that way as well. So it's very comforting on rewatch. It's it's I liked it so much better. I mean, I rewatched it several times, but for me, anything that gets better on rewatch is is uh especially the show is extremely high quality so yeah retired janitors but a great ep- a title up ep- title for the episode too i, I love that yeah <laughs> impossible to like i think we knew this was going to be the shareholder meeting episode but it's just like if you see that episode you're like what is that episode about it's impossible to know impossible to know. <laughs> yeah like and the then when, when the, re- the reveal happens you're like oh my god of course <laughs> horrible <laughs> um all right so now now let's uh we're, we're getting into like we're like in the top half now it's yeah. it's 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 nut cutting time for sure all right so so now we've got to go through i would say 
Turnhaven too much birthday and what it takes and maybe honeymoon states. I don't know. What do you think? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I know that's a lot. Sorry. Let's let's start let's start with Turnhaven and too much birthday maybe. Ooh. What do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a I have a few episodes I would put before any of those. That's fine. What are they? Let me know. Tell me. Um, right around here, I have hunting. I have all the bells say, and I have prenuptial. Hunting, all the bells say prenuptial. Yeah, that's you know, hunting is is tough, right? Because it's like boar on the floor might be what succession is like one of these signature sequences set pieces of the entire series yeah and it's it's amazing like it is genuinely so fucking good that lord of the flies like colin closing the door so that the 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 waiters could leave the room um like it's just fucking excellent the 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 stall the the stall in comparisons um like like it's undeniable that 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 scene, that sequence is really, really good. What's what's tough about the episode is like the Shiv stuff. I don't know. It's like it's not. Yeah, a little, little bit of imbalancing there. Yeah. So, so is is that your major issue with it? What's your issues with it, Brent? Not not issue, but what would be what would well, bring it down here? Yeah, it's mainly the Shiv stuff, which is not even really a demerit. Yeah, I might even. Yeah, I think this. Forget it. I might just have this too low. Let's let's forget. That. <laughs> let's let's forget that. Maybe we should go to something else because I'm talking myself out of it now. I'm like, yeah, this should be higher. Um, uh, this is gonna get hard. We're gonna start talking ourselves out of this. You have prenuptial down here. I'm I'm curious because I have prenuptial my first year, but my like the bottom of my first year. So what what are your what are your uh, what what brought you from first year I, 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 I want to hear you articulate this what is the because i was trying to, i was trying i was trying to figure out how to articulate this in my head because i was like i don't know i just like i just love the the vibe of it uh, I, I, no i, I love i love, the, I, I love the vibe of it too i love it all i mean to me prenuptial and nine like episode nine and ten of that season are, are one episode you know i have a hard yeah. time even distinguishing you know except for the obvious stuff of like what happens in which um but it's like you said how the the Dundee episode in terms of like parties and and opportunities um, was a little bit of a letdown. Like this is the opposite. Like this just like every nook and cranny, every conversation. You know, you've got Connor and Gil. You've got like Shiv and Roman arguing. You know, the um, uh, I don't want to go to your freewheeling ho- and n word shouting hoedown and then I think, I think that's you know, actually the finale, isn't it? That's, I think that's is, oh yeah, she's she's in her wedding dress when she says that, yeah. Um, but this is where we meet Caroline and like, yeah, you know, like she's so fucking epic, like asking people if it's gonna last. Um, the stuff about like Tom and um, I mean, this is this is like the first it's interesting because you, you get those tom and shiv in the bedroom back-to-back scenes on both prenuptial and nobody's ever missing um and you know both of those are sort of um i mean they couldn't be any more essential to the show and then to to uh, eventually their blow up and and um you know tom saying you've hurt me more than you could ever know i mean she uh is manipulating her husband and her wedding weekend, I think, um, 
I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, just, I, I, I was uh... I was just trying to voice to myself like, what is like if you had to put it in like one line, like what is the episode about? Like, what is the theme? What is like the what is the the conflict that this episode is about? I'm not sure if there is like one. There's a lot. I mean, other Lo- other than Logan other than and Marsha like... show up, and Marsha and and Shiv have a have a tough stepdaughter stepmother moment, and then Shiv goes into her own mother's for her for comfort which is like interesting because we see her own mother the episode being, is know, just this like cool. the episode is just this like beautiful mosaic it's... of like just two-hander conversations yeah and i think i think that's kind of just like enough for me to just like say that that elevates it for me because that's it's, it's just, just a great it's, the tabitha it's stuff beautifully is sequenced paced yeah. structured and it's just a great showing you how rich and how dense the show is even at like a relatively early stage yeah i think i think, I think maybe season. because yeah, because it's first season and like, you know, they were this is the first like real trip that they took and first real like big um, ornate set piece that they had. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it just kind of like it, it introduced um, that that vibe to succession of, you know. All right. I can be persuaded too much birthday, I think, in this spot um, because. Yeah. That's also hard, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Too it, much. It, it, it is hard. I love, because I really love the Lorraine Scafari episodes, and I'm going to fight harder for the other two. Because um, mm-hmm. But th- I, th- I guess I would put this third of the of the Lorraine Scafari episodes. Um, yeah, I just prefer the other ones. I don't really have any real beef with this too one. Too much birthday is great. A little too much uh, comfrey. And, um, too much coffee. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, was there I was guess, stuff in this. Yeah. There was stuff in the script books about like Tom's drug intake throughout the night, um, which I I would have liked to have seen because it was very funny at the end when he talks about how he did the wrong drugs in the wrong order. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's a it's a fucking great episode. Um, a, a lot of excess. Great. The final the final sibling com- confrontation. Wonderful with the the, so the dark Roman rising. Yeah. So good. The the one. Yeah. I mean that episode, that that scene made me cry. <laughs> all right so i can yeah. so i can be persuaded too much birthday in the spot i but i would really argue that all the bells say should go around here too i don't i don't think all the bells say should be much higher i basically have i pretty much have similar issues with this and the series finale it just also feels like a lot of stalling to get to in the fir- from um, the first half yeah yeah i get, get it to, i get it yeah to get to yeah really great stuff when i when i rewatched it it that sort of your critique that critique um it, it came through from to like a little bit stronger for me i think just yeah the first half it, it's funny it's beautiful um you know the intervention stuff the kendall recovery but it's yeah it's a, it's a little slow it's a little it's a little laboring um but yeah i mean you know second half is pretty much perfect yeah for sure okay so too much birthday and then all the bells say um yeah okay have we talked about turnhaven no ah that's 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 one that goes around here right or do you Um, have that in your top tier no turnhaven is is far side of paradise i have that bottom of my top tier i could be persuaded either way Um, okay so what would what would you put um i think does hmm does I ha- okay so but the other ones I have around here would be Prague, Chianti Shire or what it takes. 
County Shire are kind of a similar thing with prenuptial, where it's just like a lot of really nice, small yeah. conversations, and they're pretty momentous yeah. ones. Like the Shiv and Caroline conversation is really and momentous. the Logan and Ken, yeah, yeah. But Shiv there, there is a lot of superfluous stuff. Like there's like the yeah, the Greg and the Comfrey and the Contessa stuff. That's like a little bit okay. Um, that's funny though, and I th- and I think it all is really resonant thematically with the atmosphere and the sort of just like yeah the the, the contestant sure, being like again, a yogurt brand ambassador, these are, <laughs> the fermented yogurt. She's like, yeah, I have to work, and he's like, yeah, but aren't you a fucking aristocrat? And she's like, yeah, well, I do some influencer shit for yogurts. Um, yeah. Again, n- none of these are like I, again. I don't think any of this is like uh, demerit. These are just like if I had to be nitpicky about stuff. Um, also, like the weird kind of red herring in the last two episodes of that season with uh, like the idea that that Logan might be trying to get Carrie pregnant or something. Mm. Yes, yeah, very bizarre in rewatch because a totally little bizarre. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, so you know, again, just like not a big deal, but one of those things that they kind of uh, like brought up that seemed like it could have. But would, you take, mm. but would you take this episode over Turnhaven? Oh my god, that is brutal. Um, I have to say, I, I moved Turnhaven up after <clears> reading the script. I just like had to give it up. I was like, this is just so well. Put you know, together. I haven't like, read this. I haven't read the season two script, which I think is is um, you know, it's it's affecting me here because yeah, the scripts have been so clarifying. Turnhaven is <clears throat> a really really <laughs> important episode. Like, I don't. I don't know what I could say about it that didn't work. Maybe the ending feels like a little bit stilted to me, but in hindsight, you know. It's definitely know. one of those episodes where, again, reading the script also, they did cut a lot out of it. Uh, like there, was, there, was, yeah. there, was, there was a lot of material. It's like, I don't know that it was anything that was like any one thing that was super important, but just like there was a lot more stitching. That, that I also happened. Di- if it was longer, that also know? happened in um, What It Takes. They took out. Well, in season three in general, they took out a lot of like uh, DOJ explainer stuff about cruises yeah. that people were like, how did that just disappear? That issue, you know, um, that could have been maybe helpful or maybe felt more realistic. And um, again, so stuff with the like stuff like that, stuff with the election, stuff with the with, with the cruises scandal, just like uh, information that um, was left out. Um, but but I understand. So I don't know what it takes. Too much birthday and Turnhaven and oh, Keontae Sure. Um, well, we already put too much birthday in here. Yeah. Okay. Too much birthday is above all the bells say. No, all the bells say is above too much birthday. Okay, gotcha. Um, I think Turnhaven is probably stronger than Keontae Sure. Like I'm I'm so. Ugh, not sh- not sure just because those those conversate that conversation the final conversation between Ken and Logan and and Shiv and her mom those are so good and they're so important they're so you know emotionally um punchy and important to the finale and, and to the you know just the through line of the entire show but yeah, Turnhaven I don't know it's especially looking at them here on the list 203 204 205 this is like really Beyond, of course, 110, this is really where the show is, like, yeah. proving itself as, like, it's... okay, like, this is appointment television. Exactly. Like, these back to back, back to back. This, yeah, this is where it's getting very hard. I don't, I, I don't really care, you know? Whatever. Do you, would you put, would you put what it takes in this spot? Um, 
I do have what it takes higher. I'm just wondering. I have what it takes a little higher. Yeah. I really, really love what it takes. Yeah. What it takes is a, a borderline pantheon for me. Yeah, I I, but not I, to- quite. I I totally I think we have it in the exact same spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right under. Um, okay, so So let's say Chianti Shire and then Turnhaven? Yeah. That okay. works. Sure. Um okay, so then we need to talk um Prague. Prague. Prague is yeah. Prague is great. I mean, <laughs> we, we, again, this is this is <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to? Every single one. Prague is great. Austerlitz all, is great. All, bang, all bangers all the time. I think it's the line. All bangers all the time. Um, um, uh, what is it about Prague for you that would uh, make it more on this borderline? Well, I don't want to talk about what's bad about the episodes. I, want, I really just want to appreciate them at this point. Okay. Um, I think. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think we had a great conversation with Cam about this in our first season when we talked about we it. We did, he had, yeah. He had, a, he had a really great and just way of looking at it where he was talking about how the it's it, it feels like mythological, right? Like Stewie is at the entrance to this party. They go into this yes. like sort of like mm-hmm. nether world, this like in between place, this loft that's like hidden, and uh, in, in they, like. It, random and it's, and it's yeah. and it's this crucible where uh ken is at this crossroads where he's been exiled and he's trying to forge a new identity but it's as what, what cam said was it's about the characters discovering that they have no identity they have no self outside mm-hmm. of the company you know they can only like latch on to other people like you know sandy like there's that language about how he's a parasite on a parasite sandy i, yeah. I love the way i always love when they treat stewie as this like mythological figure or something he has that line about being like you know Head of a like dick of a, of a yeah. swan, something <laughs> like that. Um, Great Stewie episode, yeah. It's beautifully funny. I mean, like one of the best, I think, jokes slash just like pliant metaphors in the closed loop system joke. You know, like it's, it's an idea that we end up talking about for the entire series, and it's a yeah. it's it's just an amazingly funny crude joke at the same time. Well, they're doing um, business deals here, and they can't manage to you know to choreograph them without trauma from their past like inter- coming up and 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 interfering in the conversation you know like all the dog cage comes up when uh ken and roman are talking to to, to sandy it's just like oh my god this is so uncomfortable that you know like, you just brought this up here in the middle of the, that, that your brother used to throw you in a cage um and then like finding out more information from connor and starting to realize connor's position in the family as like the older sibling who saw more than um than uh than Obviously, any of the other ones did because they were closer in age and they had the same mom and more similar life. Connor had a little bit of a different life. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, Tom and Greg stuff really funny here. Kendall fucking it up with the the, the girls, the dust girls or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like because it, it, this just shows like, yeah, it shows that it is all like their business acumen however strong it could be at times like it will always be thwarted like perpetually thwarted by their by their pain yeah and by their by their by their egos i mean in kendall's case this was ego with the with the with the dust girls (laughs) can you not can you stop calling me hitler (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a roy (laughs) oh man um and then above that, um, maybe safe room. I wonder, I, I wonder well, if now we're, we're approaching like the top 10. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, we're approaching the top 10. We got about 14 left. 
what uh, what if we flipped it now and just started going from the top down to try to meet in the middle? Because uh, a lot of these, I, I I'm hearing a lot of uh, hesitation about like stacking these up, maybe <laughs> dropping them down from above would, would be a little easier. Not to not to propose a drastic radical change. Fine, I'm Int- fine with that. What do you think, Brendan? Interesting. I mean, it does kind of ruin the suspense, but this is a totally made-up exercise, so we can do that. <laughs> We've already said the number one, so... Yeah, I mean, we can do that. We can just take number one off the table. I mean, Gabby and I have the same number one. We've said it before. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the season one finale, nobody is ever missing, is our is our easy number one. Um, so we'll yeah, one that. thing I want to say about this is, uh, re-watching this, there's something about like the, the way the camera is moving through the space here and like picking up like ambient conversations in the background that is so brilliant and so yes. really, really like, I, I, I rewatching this, I was really loving that aspect of it. Um, and there's so many like amazing scenes in here. Um, Tom and Nate with the, pouring the wine back in the <laughs> bottle is standing out to me like as immediately like just so, so, so good. Um, and tons of funny stuff here too. Like this is again, one that I think Mary's comedy family drama like does it all yeah yeah it it is the episode yeah i mean every subplot is so strong in this i mean roman's subplot is the only one that's like i mean connor's is comedic it's like it's where we first hear about his presidential ambitions roman's is like really interesting comic counterpoint to kendall's and that they're both kind of about being able to just shirk consequences for you know violence for basically being responsible for like individual violence i also want to note um they cut a Roman and Tabitha sex scene from this yes. episode. Um, they cut a couple of Roman and Tabitha sex scenes. And the very funny thing about Roman and Tabitha sex scenes that I think um, maybe they could have kept one or two in because it, it says a little bit about Roman's, uh, you know, more about his issues uh, that neither of them come when they have sex. So they just have sex for 20 minutes and then that's it. And Tabitha's yeah. like, you know, that, that that's not normal, right? <laughs> Um, and I, I think that that kind of like as silly as it is, um, we were complaining a little bit about like the lack of explanation about Romans, like weird sex stuff. And again, like they didn't need to explain everything to us. I don't need to know exactly what happened to Roman to make him like that. But something like that, uh, I, I thought would have been really funny anyway. Like it didn't need to happen in this episode, but, um, you know, tabs did stay in the picture in these scripts and, uh. I would have I would have enjoyed you know a scene or two yeah. of that. Yeah. The, anyway. only other, the only other thing I'll say about the episode because we've talked about the accident a ton is like the the only thing that came to mind to me that was that was new thinking about this is I have I'll just drop a really snooty highbrow reference and we can move on. But I I read a uh, uh, George Eliot's Daniel Deronda recently. I was just thinking about that 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 novel because I talked about Eliot's Middlemarch when we talked about Safe Room originally. But Daniel Deronda is like just. I love really reading Elliot because she feels like a, this very modern writer who's always coming to terms with the idea of the world being very interconnected in a way that like, you know, in the 19th century writers were like really just like grappling with this and becoming aware of it, you know, as globalization and like capitalism becomes like more sort of entrenched. And the idea that like your life and your good fortune being at the expense of somebody else, like of contingent fate, I think is an idea that this episode really centers for the entire series. I mean, it's the emotional anchor of the entire yeah. rest of the series um so I, I yeah i don't see how we could put it any place else than number one so if we're moving down from here then we have to say what we think 
number two is. And I, I, I think I know what your number two is, Gabby. Um, yeah, but I think I'm, we have different ones. Yeah, I'm going to say recently that I was I, I, I moved this around a couple of times. I've had a couple of different episodes in this spot. Um, but I just looked at this episode again the other day. And I, I it's it's easy, but I think it has to be Connor's wedding. I think Connor's wedding is the correct answer here. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited now that Connor's wedding is a Emmy direction and writing winning episode. Um, now we know it's good. Now we now it's <laughs> for sure top primo, um, one of the best. No, I, I really do think this will go down as like one of the best episodes of all time in like ten years when they're making lists and stuff. Not that any of that stuff you know matters. Um, and also, I just want to say I was supposed to go to a screening of Connor's wedding at the Museum of Moving Image in Queens with Mark <gasps> Mylod. Um, unfortunately, due to like weather and childcare issues, I couldn't make it. But I had a friend who made it, and she said that Mark Mylod was incredible. That he answered every single question. Um, so, extremely lovely guy. We're very happy for him. Uh, sliding doors moment. Okay. Um, all right. So what comes after Connor's wedding? Gabby, for you, what do you have in this spot? For me, it's got to be which side are you on? Um, the episode is just so electric to me. It completely is just changes the tone of the show. You're like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, this is for, for me the first time I watched it, it, it was the episode where I was like, okay, this is, this is something really, really different. I for thought sure. maybe on rewatch the first half might seem like discordant but it doesn't like i think we talked about it with with danny when he was on that the whole episode is just like teeming with this dread and this terror and this darkness and um you know it's uh i i didn't know if all that stuff would necessarily work the shiv and nate um the tom and greg but the Wamskins, like i'm gonna teach you how to be rich thing it ended up being like a major payoff, right? Because Tom's striving and like his, uh, you know, he 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 gives the intel to to Ken about you and being in town. Um, it 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 um, you know it, it started to tease out that characterization of Tom a little bit more. Um, and then the boardroom scene is just, you know, I will never ever get over that scene. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, I would put, uh, personally, um, I would put safe room here. Wow. Next. Okay. Um, I think, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, if we're looking at the top three that we have so far, this is like, I kind of wanted to avoid doing this with the rankings where it was like, is a very, e there's a very easy way that I feel like these lists often go where it's just like the episodes where big events happen end up at the yes. top. Yeah. Right. You're right. And. Yeah. And so I think safe room is important to highlight, not just to like. I'm know, I'm interested you would put safe room here and not mask. I thought you would prefer you would prefer mask for that kind of episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think I have yeah. safe room over it at this point because again, this is where I think this is just a case of I think I remember when I just remember so distinctly when this episode aired because I think this episode dropped like a few days early this aired over like a holiday weekend or something and they dropped it like on the friday before instead of the sunday as usual oh, i don't remember i just remember it was the one recording that i couldn't make because i was really sick yeah yeah so Jeremy. i was like oh so i was all of a sudden i was like oh there's an early succession i just remember being very excited to to go home and watch it at the end of my my work day or whatever and yeah and it was one of the hours where everything i just felt that was great about the show just like crystallized like all the like the media satire with like the mark ravenhead stuff is there it's a really good episode about like waystars and organization about yeah. atn about like this this dark 
bullying, hostile, violent, angry culture that's in there that gets like kind of lightly parodied in Tom like physically assaulting Greg in this episode. Um, the sibling rivalry between Shiv and Ken that has that just exquisite payoff that I've already kind of gushed about. Um, yeah. And then just like the visual language and that like metaphor of like the glass going up, the no escape, the skyscraper that is also this fortress and this prison, you know, the, the cage, the trap. Um, I, I think it's just a really, really incredibly crafted example of everything that the show does well. Yes. It's super funny, and I, I love the Connor at the funeral stuff in this episode as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, which yeah. is so which he is has iconic, I, iconic Connor subplot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really, really amazing there. And um, uh, I just watched this. There was something else I was going to say about this. Oh, I love at the at the end of this episode the reveal that it's someone committing suicide at their desk, not an active shooting, yeah. which causes this entire lockdown. <laughs> yes, which is just such like a, a, I, a I didn't dark, clock that early on. Funny, yeah, funny, so funny. Uh, misdirect that I, I I loved on re-watch. and so consistent with what the episode itself is about, right? right. Exactly. Somebody, yeah. somebody who found the way out that Kendall couldn't yeah. find. No, th- thematically, it's it's incredible. There are episodes that affected me more emotionally, but you're right. Like it is really just an incredibly well constructed episode. Um, props to Shari Springer and Robert Polcini for that. So, jeez, oh, next. Yeah, this is gonna um, be a fight. This is where we start fighting. This is where we're gonna start. <laughs> because next, it's for me. It's it's either Church and State or Austerlitz. I think probably Austerlitz for me, but are we overrating Austerlitz? This is one of the questions I had. No, we're not. Have you watched it recently? Yeah, it's I like. So, yeah, I looked at it so again good. just the other day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wonder if like is the Kendall like meth head stuff very good? Like, like I don't know. Is that a I little bit of wasted funny. space? Yeah, it's 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 one of the episodes where I think you could make an argument that like it doesn't really feel like Succession. Like it's very early. Miguel Arteta never it's came back to direct yeah. another episode. Um, yeah. you know, it's one of the ones where it's like they're I mean they're in a nice location. I mean it's a nice house, but it's not quite like the opulence we would get in later seasons yeah. of Succession um it feels modest and it's and there's there's always this question of like would the characters really do this in real life but at the same time it's just like it is so essential to the show's identity it's hard not to have it at the top yeah, yeah. even though i, I mean I th- they're they're all kids they're all kids it's like it's like the first real like regression episode um yeah that's a good and, way of thinking about it yeah so for me like that final sequence it's it's really, really important. It was really important in establishing so much about the history um, and, and realizing that, you know, we're not going to get flashbacks in this show. So we better like pay fucking close attention to these fights. Um, All right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it has to be Australia's has to be pretty high. Yeah. I, you know, I went back and re-listened <laughs> to our original episode about that. Your analysis really holds up really well. Gabby It's really, really great job. you. Oh, on I that appreciate one. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they establish a lot of things in that episode that are it's useful and necessary to know as canon for the rest of the series. So, um, All right. Well, I think it's time for me to drop my hottest take of the entire <laughs> ranking. Oh, no. I don't, really care. I don't really care about it being a hot take, but Living Plus. We got to go Living Plus. <laughs> Living next. Plus. Um, uh. I, think, I, I love Living Plus, but I, I got to say, 
when is this is not for tears going to come I know. Do, you, do you guys not also, like this episode? Okay. Or I, what's I, going on here? Um, I, I, I don't like this episode as much as other people like this episode. For me, I'm st- like still with my hand here. Like I really loved Church and State. I know you guys don't like it as much. When no, I love no, I love Church and State. I had Church and State at like two at one point. Um, I had it at, at three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but living I, plus is is I'm another one that's like plus yeah no no your your arguments for living plus are phenomenal and again it's not it's not a church and state or a nobody is ever missing or something you know it's a you know yeah big heavy heavy hitter it's like it's a lot of small pieces cobbled together that just work really well i mean it's just like being, thematically being in LA, spacious, you know yeah it's so good like us getting a, t- a taste of like the LA studio world was so delicious. Like I just I wanted so much more of it. Um, well, and to yeah. and just to, to pay dues to the Queen to Lorraine Scafaria for yeah. you know all of her episodes. Well, too much birthday and Living Plus both have this thing in common where I think of them as kind of like Mad Men, where although Succession is a show that takes place in like reality, doesn't enter into dream space. These episodes mm-hmm. have this kind of like elaborate production design where the characters are like realizing visions that allow you to kind of like there's a dreamy quality to Living yeah, Plus you for sort sure. Of enter Tom, the and, Tom and Shiv, right? Tom and Shiv at that party is it's a it feels a little bit like a dream sequence the way that they're leaning into each other the way the camera's circling around them there doesn't really feel like anyone else is kind of in the room it's this pretty you know I'm assuming Beverly or Hollywood Hills setting um, and they, they do the bitey thing and they have sex and it's like um, I don't know that was that was cool like the the, the um, that they the the quick Tom and Shiv honeymoon um yeah but like i mean overall it's just um kendall's last big w (laughs) um yeah i i wish that we had gotten more episodes like this in the series maybe 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 it would have been too decadent i don't know but like it was it was awesome it was awesome to go to la it was awesome to see how much roman hates la um and be reminded of that because of uh you know all of his failures there um (laughs) and the way that he snapped in the meeting with the studio executive um you know continuing to snap throughout that episode firing jerry uh the the stuff at the end when he drops out and then he's on the phone um really really good build up for roman for what's coming for him and i think you know um Again, Kieran Culkin really just like stepping up to the plate here. I think his performance stood out to me the most in this episode. All right. So are we cool with Living Plus going next? Do we want one of these other ones? Sure. Do we want Church of State to go next? I, I mean, it's it's ballsy. It's punchy to put Living Plus in this I feel like we, I, It's I feel a great like, episode. It's a great episode. I feel episode. like we don't have enough hot takes on this, really. I, I, feel, I think, yeah, let's do it. That's just like my pet one, just because I feel like that episode is so underrated. I just feel yeah, like putting it is, up it really is. high to advocate for it. People do like it, though. The stands like it. They they recognize. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's do it. Um, okay, so Living Plus, and then we've got just a few more, yeah. Yeah, so do we, do we think... For me, well, for me, for me, it's okay. So we've got church and state, mass and time of war, hunting, honeymoon states, and this is not for tears. That's it, right? Prenuptial. Prenuptial. Okay, I thought we ranked it. We didn't. Um. 
So what would you put next? I would put church and state next. Like I just have to. That that episode just affected me so much. I I, I know the second half of it is a little uh, clunky, but um, I will just forever remember how, like. No offense or anything, Gabby, but you had like an absolute meltdown when we were recording about this episode. Like I no, just, this episode, I this just felt like you were me. an absolute wreck when we talked about this. I I was the whole yeah. the whole I was a wreck for like I, it was so hard for me to even make it to the the finale and like be quasi coherent because church and state screwed me up so bad. That's why I'm kind of grateful that the finale was like a little bit emotionally muted and a little and, bit like, of breathing space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I because I was so scared. I was like this episode, like I was bawling. Like I cannot I, I still like I rewatched it and I didn't I didn't I can't I can't watch the cut to Logan's girlfriends and wives sitting in that pew together without absolutely losing my shit i just like i can't it, it, it's so so emotional um it's so beautiful um i, I just um yeah no i i, I yeah i don't the... think any episode of this show has affected me personally as much as that episode um again a lot of that is just because like i've had a lot of loss in my life and i i can relate but um like uh i don't know it's it, it's also just, um, you know, it's really well written. <laughs> I think I think of it as being like the emotional climax of the show. It was. You know, like it was. Everything, yeah. em- everything emotional you would want from a finale, I think, of the long. That's what. Yeah, is in that episode. You it know? was. I think we even said it. It was kind of the finale, like which gives them room to be a bit more alienating and kind of zag a bit. Exactly. In the which finale. which which I was actually kind of grateful for, and maybe why yeah. I, I I hold the finale a little bit higher esteem because it gave me some room to fucking breathe. But yeah. Yeah, it's generous in that way. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, mass. We got to do mass, right? I would mass mass I, I, or hunting. I think I would or say this mass. is not for tears. Or this or is not for te- yeah. This is not for <laughs> tears. Is, is around here. I'm dying at this is not for fear or tears falling Dan, down. Dan, what's the list your here. what's what's your this well, is, is not is, for is, tears? Is this like your number one, Dan? Is, is this that, your is, like your favorite? Yeah. This isn't my number one, but I I think there's something. Um, so so great about the yacht setting and i there the um the tom and shiv uh almost threesome scene is so funny where he's like well why does she just just go in the bathroom and look through the peephole like (laughs) that stuff is so funny to me i'm not a hippie shiv (laughs) yes yes And, and i will say the last uh scene between logan or not the last scene, but the scene between Logan and Kendall where yes. um, he says the iconic, you are not a killer fan cam, fucking yeah. bass drop line, <laughs> um, <laughs> is is so well directed and so well filmed. They have this, like, the, the floaty, shaky cam down to a science here. And there's, like, moments, there's lots of moments in this episode where the camera goes out of focus and it's and it really is working like on a conceptual level. This camera that's like not able to capture them in their full form, and like they're they're all in these like in between states of like mm. who's going to to actually yeah. be the one the, the to fall, yeah, to, to fall. And in that last sequence with, or again, the scene between Kendall and Logan, it, the camera work is so impeccable. The acting is so fucking good. Yeah. Um. If there's one complaint I have, I, just, I like I don't necessarily love how it actually ends. 
Um, really? It, <laughs> well, except for like the the final shot of Logan smiling is is incredible. Um, but, but I, I maybe maybe when I say how it ends, it means like oh the way season three starts more than how it actually this episode ends. Yeah. Um, but I I love 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 the direction in this episode. Uh, Mark Mylod's direction in this episode I think is is so supreme. Tom eating the chicken wing. Yeah, it still... is a beautiful episode. That overhead shot of Kendall in the pool, like in the, yes. the crucifix position. Him um, running on the treadmill, listening to yeah. North American Scum with the headphones <laughs> and sunglasses on. Yeah, there's so there's so much good stuff in that episode that I I, I really love. I I don't know. It, I don't think it's my number one, but I'm I'm surprised yeah. at how low it's fallen. Well, um, I always was a little bit low on this. Is not for tears because I just kind of didn't love the back half of season two but brenda and i have talked about it and like i've rewatched it and i've distanced myself from it and i i definitely appreciate it for what it is now i mean it's it's a phenomenal episode it really is I, the survivor stuff where they're all sitting around the table and like saying yeah. well you did this and you did this and you did that and and the loyalties are there um and sometimes they're submerged a little bit and and, and roman is like low-key defending jerry it's, it's very yes. very good stuff yeah yeah, and Tom and Shiv on the beach, I, th- I think, is like a uh, like they they have a lot of defining relationship moments. Yeah, that one to me is is so painful. Yeah, that line so... of the 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 sad I am with you would it be the same? Yeah, yeah, like that's that 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 I think really <laughs> resonated with yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. On, on on behalf of the fandom, I I have called Gabby in for her crime of underrating. <laughs> this is not for tears. Um, yeah, I think I always just I think I always push back a little bit against this episode just because I felt like it was slightly overrated. Just because like again, it's just like it's one of those episodes just like the it flashy ends. ending. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sure. just ends with a big plot twist. I was like, is that the reason we're talking about this episode? But like again, but as you as you both are describing, this episode is pretty flawless. You know, it's it's, it's I gorgeous. Think, I think yeah. I think I think the only thing that really handicaps it is again feeling like the momentum had kind of staggered a little bit in the back half of season two, and yeah. it has to like reestablish those stakes a little bit. But I think yes. it does that. Um, so are we are we talking ourselves into putting it next? Into we can putting we it, can talk ourselves into it. Yeah, into putting Let's it over it. mass. Wow, I, I would put I could put it over mass. I could I could take that. Yeah. Wow, look at you, Dan, change maker. All right, <laughs> amazing. Like well, no, you, you talk you talking about the Kendall and uh, Logan scene. You're so right. Yeah, I forgot about like watching that scene for the first time was unbelievable. Yeah. What what uh, what can you love so much that it would make the sun rise again? Like my God, yeah. <laughs> all right so i have five blank spaces here in four episodes just want to make sure I okay so this is not for tears then mass then it's got to be hunting you right think hun- you think hunting here i mean i just yeah like i i yeah i yeah. i i know like we're, we, we don't want to be too cliche and like bore on the floor it feels like a cliche it feels too like that's a reference everybody knows but it is it's so fucking Iconic. good it's yeah. so iconic. It's also yeah. the first. Is it the first? Yeah, it's the first Jerry and Roman um, sexual Again, interaction. Yeah. Uh, no, that is that's in safe room actually. Um, yeah, but hunting comes before safe room. But they don't have a sexual interaction in hunting. That's just, that's where she goes and like tells him to go to management training at the end. No, doesn't he go in the in her bathroom that and is, jerk that's, off? That's Turnhaven. Um, oh, it's Turnhaven, right? Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> didn't cut that uh, yeah but yeah but just uh yeah again just talk about episodes that are like spacious right the uh yeah like this whole thing like it's based on 
this real thing that Stalin would do, right? Where he would have his, you know, his member, the members of his, you know, the Politburo, whoever they would, he would have these guys get drunk and then he would put them through these bullying rituals, these humiliation games. Uh, but it's such a great, I think, illustration, dramatization of the way in which people are made to live inside the brains of, of warped old men right yeah like like having to swim around in donald trump's brain be, by right. being forced to hear what his thoughts are every day while he's on twitter or something like that you know well, that's, it's, that's what and, and it's also also what i find so powerful about that scene is that logan yeah he's he's blustering and he's he's being crazy and he's talking about you know there are no fucking rules but when when he goes through each person and sort of starts to insult them because this this all starts with him insulting frank right he's mad at frank for trying to find another job and he calls him a creep you know he calls carl a whore or whatever because carl's you know <laughs> he sleeps around um then he goes to tom and he makes the comment about you know like um where's my grandson you know are you shooting blanks which for me like at the time i like fell to my knees because anything related to like the tom and shiv having a kid stuff was always interesting for me and then that through line obviously like (laughs) extremely paid off um and kind of showed logan's state of mind that logan was thinking about grandkids and and who was going to come next and uh that he didn't necessarily consider ken's kids as like legitimate heirs um which is something that i you know, it's a reason that I do really like the final episode because I think that that's like that's something so important that kind of went unstated throughout the series, but was was always there. Um. So yeah, I I mean yeah, the the shift stuff is not well integrated, but um, I I don't know. It's hard. What 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 could you put over this? That I don't know. Um. Yeah. I, I guess we we skipped over talking about mass, uh, which we've said we've we've which we've talked about obviously before. Um, yeah, we but, bring uh, it up a lot. Yeah, one of one of my personal <laughs> the kids favorite, get real. One of my personal favorites, and I think uh, the only note I made was the last time I rewatched it was like this episode is about like well, not to mention Trump again, but th- this is this reminded me of like the night that Trump got COVID, right? Which is just like it's just like a it's just like a few it's just like a, f- a brief like a window of a few hours where it's like could something really strange and exciting and kind of scary happen before everything mm. just goes back to normal. You know, it was like, yeah. this is like, cause basically the action of the entire season of season three is over after this, right? Like this is Kendall's window. Once he fails yeah. here with his siblings, it's all over, right? Everything that, everything else that happens in season three is a series of him being confronted with the horizons yes. of his own future. Um, yeah. Which I know is frustrating for a lot of people in season three, but I actually feel like in a big way, that's like the most natural shape of the show is just the okay, character yeah. is the characters like being able to like, vaguely grasp that they want a different future for themselves and having the delusion that because they have all this power they have the freedom to achieve it and then just being brought brutally humiliatingly hilariously back to earth like that's what the entire show is really about to me yes that they actually can't get anything done um (laughs) that they are just they're simply too limited um they are bullshit um, they are bullshit. So the, so, only, the uh, only three we have left that we haven't placed are prenuptial, what it takes, and honeymoon states. Um, um, the order I would put that those in. Whew, uh, that's fucking tough, man. I, I I love honeymoon states. We've talked about it. I mean, that was one of our. <laughs> 
greatest huh? episodes to talk about with Megan Abbott, the way she broke it down, just the, the haunted house, you know, the, the, the little corridors. The episode um, I, from season four, I, I think I have rewatched the most times. I love Honeymoon States. It's so good. The, the C-suite stuff is just fucking phenomenal. Um, the <laughs> the Kendall Logan Roy uh, scribble or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... Um, how did Megan describe it? It's, it's, there's this gothic feel to it. Um, yeah. That that um I think com- Succession has a sometimes has a problem of having like a really big banger episode and then doing the anticlimax, which is like, which is okay, and it sometimes works, and we like it because it subverts expectations. But here, like, um, sure, it wasn't like loud, and it wasn't like a. a big showcase of an episode but after connor's wedding which was like so um so significant such a turning point they didn't really drop the ball like they just they kept going here and uh this episode like to me like it didn't feel i didn't feel like let down after connor's wedding i was like holy shit like you know this was smart because after connor's wedding i'm like how are they gonna are they gonna be able to pull this off without logan like is it gonna be interesting enough um but then you you know you see it start to take form start to take shape that now it's gonna be like the c-suite and it's gonna be the kids and uh jockeying for it and like that's that became super interesting and i just i love the c-suite actors so much that i love that they got you know to really be centered uh for the rest of this season yeah that's uh yeah it's exquisite um and okay. Scafaria just really she understands the show so well. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, the strong argument that yeah, Honeymoon States and Living Plus are like the best directed non mylod episodes of the series. I think. Sure, yeah, she's definitely. great. Yeah, she was nominated for Living Plus for for the Emmy, so people do people did recognize. Brandon. Oh yeah, and uh, and and mylod <laughs> mylod brought her and Andre Park up on stage when that he was so his, nice. His Emmy, which what was a mensch! Yeah, what a mensch! Yeah. Okay, so um, our last decision to make is: do we put what it takes over prenuptial or vice versa? Um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, I think these have both been really sentimental favorites of mine at different points. Yeah. Um. So this is really tough. Uh, it's hard. My my recency bias is like saying definitely this is, what this it is, takes. This is this is a perfect perfect example for the Dan tiebreaking vote. Dan, what do you think? <laughs> oh boy. Um. I love what it takes. I think what it takes goes above prenuptial here. Yeah, I'm with you. It hits so good on rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is one where like the political stuff I think is really working for me, and it's it's very funny. Um, and as we've said on the show a lot, um, Mankin is really a great character here. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing because there were other Mankin scenes in season four that were cut uh not sure what that had to do with scheduling or just the edit um and you know it was something that we mentioned being a little bit let down by but um yeah this episode um it's an interesting it also feels it also feels a little bit different than a typical succession episode well it's an interesting place for us to end our conversation on for sure um this is i mean we'll go back we'll read through the ranking in reverse order um but uh but this is the one you know we we talked a little bit earlier about you know the the lack of sexual content in the finished episodes and this is one where i feel like all that comes out really well in implication in a way that like i kind of feel like this is one of the things that i that uh, was more legible to me when i read the scripts for season two was the sort of like quasi incestuous 
rivalry yes. that Shiv has with Rhea and Marsha for her father's affections, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like they really sort with of like, any uh, of the any of the women, yeah. They really underline that in Ram at Home with uh, with the carry material, with the carry stuff in yeah. season three, and putting all that together with the political material it just gives this episode such a great sinister feeling. It really connects the series' arguments about mm-hmm. the nature of sort of like reactionary ideology, how it comes from just sort of like paranoia and hatred of women uh, merging yes. all of that with these cultural trends um I right find and, spe- and, and it's very interestingly not not, yeah. not a lot of women in the episode shiv in the episode yes. but she's getting she's getting kind of like reamed um yeah yeah this this is where the stuff with carrie and logan starts to become clear this is where i think carrie has her first line right she says it to the to the candidate where she where there, she's addressing a rumor and she she defends Logan and everyone's like I think even in the script book like <laughs> the the vice you know, president the, Boyer yeah he's like shocked by it uh, he looks at her like who is this um the Carrie stuff for me just like she was Zoe Winters was so great in season four I mean I know we talked about it but it, it worked really well in tying together a lot of things that um uh you know I think we needed to see post Marsha um yeah, so so what it takes is it's a special episode, and Tom walking back into the hotel after that that diner meet with Kendall. Yes, re- really good stuff. I think it fits well at the bottom of our pantheon. Yes. Level <laughs> yeah, that and honeymoon states being together is uh, is that's a nice pair for me. I feel it's I a nice very, it's a nice pair. Yeah, I feel those two go really well together. All right, well, all right, so that's our ranking. So we'll read through it. Wow. And- wow. In reverse order, so this is where we ended up with. So bottom tier, tier four, unsuccessful. In reverse order, secession. <laughs> Unsuc- quasi-successful. <laughs> three, th- 301, secession. 101, celebration. 105, I went to market. 207, return. 303, the disruption. 304, line in the meadow. Next tier, three minor, quote-unquote, episodes. 401, the monsters. 103, lifeboats. 102, shit show at the fuck factory. 208, Dundee, 405, Kill List, 104, Sadsack Wasp Trap, 206, Argestes, 209, DC, 410, with open eyes. Second tier, Far Side of Paradise, 201, The Summer Palace, 407, Tailgate Party, 408, America Decides, 202, Falter, 402, Rehearsal, 305, Retired Janitors of Idaho, 307, Too Much Birthday, 309, All the Bells Say, 308, Chianti Shire, 205, Turnhaven, 108, Prague, 109, Prenuptial. And the Pantheon tier, bottom to the top, 306, What It Takes, 404, Honeymoon States, 203, Hunting, 302, Mass and Time of War, 210, This Is Not for Tears, 409, Church and State, 406, Living Plus, 107, Austerlitz, 204, Safe Room, 106, Which Side Are You On?, 403 connor's wedding and then finally number one 110 nobody is ever missing wow do we feel like uh, we did justice (laughs) to the show this feel good i think so as good as good as this can possibly feel yeah a couple that i'm like "Eh," but you know what it feels good feels good we talked it through and 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 i i feel edified futile effort but you know that's what the content uh, mill demands is futile efforts at um, ranking. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, you guys made the show, right? It, it, there's not much left to say about like how much the show means 
to you guys and me and to everyone who listens, right? It's an amazing, incredible achievement. I'm like, yeah, I uh, I think this list looks great. And even in the unsuccessful tier, there's some good stuff in there. Even, oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and when you say amazing achievement, you're talking about this podcast, right, Dan? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Just, yes. Wanted, just wanted to clarify that for the listeners. Um, yeah, and obviously, really, uh, if, for anybody who's li- listened to this entire three-hour podcast episode, uh, thank you so much for sticking with the Roycast and for coming back to listen to this. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening to it. This was really fun getting back together yeah. with you guys, Gabby. And this Tim. was really fun. Um, enjoy. We should do it again sometime, yeah. yeah. Maybe figure out something else to talk about. I don't know. Yeah, as always, no promises, but you know, uh, don't unsubscribe. I don't know why you would unsubscribe from a podcast. It doesn't take up any room. Just stay subscribed. Yeah. And then, and then one you day, never know. And then one day, on a timeline yet to be determined, you may see another Roycast. You know, appear in your feed. What will it be about? We don't know yet. Uh, nobody knows. But you know, just one of these days, we'll be there. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, if you've enjoyed the episode. Ratings and reviews are still appreciated as our contributions at the square link in our bio. Uh, thanks again for everybody uh, who joined us for this episode and who joined us for the broadcast. Uh, we'll sign off there. Good night, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>